plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. I'm Matt. <laughs> and we're Gantrip Cartel. We're here again, another week in a row. Uh, the the stars keep aligning. I think the people at work just know that we like to record on this day, and they're starting to yep. work with us a little bit more, which is super convenient. If any of them listen, first of all, I hope you don't. Second of all, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Third of all, if you play Magic, why haven't you told me? But uh, so we're here to talk magic. But first, Matt, how you doing today? Uh, <laughs> not great. Good enough. Yeah. <clears throat> so update on my dad. He is not doing well. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, you and I went up there. You had to uh, help me with some stuff at my mom's house. Mm-hmm. Kind enough to do that. Turns out knowing a that's knowing how, a plumber comes in handy. That's how we spent the Fourth of July. Was doing stuff around the house yep um aside from that what i do this weekend i think i just oh so saturday i basically just watched tv uh my wife was down here playing hogwarts legacy uh-huh and then sunday we flip-flopped <laughs> so <laughs> she was watching tv and you were down here playing yep. whatever i was playing uh, i think i'm still working on Probably some final fantasy final, final fantasy 5 so still working my way through that. <laughs> that reminds me i was talking to dc at pioneer mm-hmm. and one uh i don't know he on the podcast but uh dc did give some condolences he's been thinking about you he obviously is very sorry you're going through this and second he was so excited to talk about how you were 100 right about final fantasy tactics he agreed with you on <laughs> he said you nailed it it's an amazing game <laughs> yeah, he loves it it's yeah. even we didn't even talk about the storyline but the storyline yeah, we don't fucking, have to i know we were, i'm not going to go into detail <laughs> but it's really good so yeah. it's got a like a traditional medieval setting and it's kind of like uh, based off like a long war, uh-huh. like it's called the remake's called War of the Lions, but it's just two feuding kingdoms, and you kind of move through. Uh, it's not time travel, but like there's there's acts effectively yeah. acts in the game, and you kind of move through those acts, and your main character ages, and it's a, uh-huh. across the, a few years at least. I don't remember exactly how long it is, but it's got a really great storyline. If you play the original version on the PlayStation one, it's got some translation problems. So it can be kind of hard to follow. Yeah. Because not only, I mean, it's a typical final fantasy game. So they basically, they're using Japanese to create words that don't exist. Yep. With like names of stuff like fantasy stuff and then translating that into English. Yep. Doesn't translate well. It doesn't always translate well, especially back in the nineties when, you know, it just, but they probably the budget. It wasn't, as high a budget for stuff right. like that. And this Final Fantasy Tactics is also a spinoff. Like, yeah. It's not even technically a mainline series game. Uh-huh. Um, but the if you get it, which I've heard they're going to like re-release it on the PlayStation Network. So for any Final Fantasy Tactics fans, that's probably coming down the pipe soon. Uh-huh. Um, which is awesome. But the War of the Lions for it's either please PlayStation Vita or the PSP. I don't remember which one. That would make sense. One of those. It was remade for that. Yep. It's an amazing handheld game because yeah. it's just, and that's the funny thing is, <clears throat> if you played any of the Final Fantasies as a cell phone game, you'd probably love them yep. because you'd set your expectations a little bit lower. Well, that's probably why Pokemon was so popular. Right. It's like handheld. Pokemon wouldn't be a very good game on Steam, probably. Right. For the masses. Mm-hmm. But as a, like, in your pocket or in your backpack, hey, I got two hours to kill. Let's go play some Pokemon. It's the Pokemon Go ever. is the best example of that yes. ever. Where it's just like people who don't even know what Pokemon is go and play Pokemon Go. Yeah. Just because it's something to do with their phone when yep. they're sitting at the airport. Yeah, you got nothing to do. It's a good little time killer. It's simple to run. Right. Yeah. 
Pokemon's phenomenal, probably in part because it was on a mobile. If they right. had tried to make Pokemon an amazing Genesis game, or well, well that was done, Nintendo, but yeah, they've done that now though. So there's they've yeah, they're they releasing them on the Switch. Arceus. Well, yeah. see, I I've switches are weird. Like switches for me still feel closer to a Game Boy Advanced or an S or an SD. What's it called? What was it? Game Boy SD. So the with the, the touchscreen ones, uh, the 3ds, the 3ds, like a, closer to a 3ds well, than like a PS4. There's a 2ds and a 3ds. Yes, yeah. but like, like they they they're still in my mind closer to like a 3ds than a PS4 or PS5 mm. in my opinion. A lot. So like the biggest thing there is just the basically the power of it. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's definitely a mile above there, a 3ds, but well, and still I mean, a mile below that. That was that's what I was gonna say because like it it's great. As just a home console, I hardly ever play it except when I was bored at work yeah. when I first started that job. That's the only time I've really, really, truly played the Switch handheld a bunch. Because mm-hmm. um, like once you get a controller, you just pop it onto your dock and then you play it yeah. on your TV and it's great. But the graphics relative to what people are used to now basically remind people they're they're like PlayStation Three, PlayStation yeah. Four era graphics. Yep, and like early PlayStation Four era graphics. How do you feel about the ergonomics of the? the the switch because I don't like it as, uh, as a handheld it's it's good enough the problem yeah. is it's a little heavy mm-hmm. and not that like not that it's too heavy to hold or anything but it's a little awkward and it's heavy enough that it doesn't feel like a handheld yeah uh, the screen's nice and big um the biggest issue I have is the place there the the switch controller I've got, I found this both with the Joy Cons and their like Pro controller yeah the controls are a little sloppy. Like yeah. the actual buttons and the sticks are just a little bit sloppy. Mm-hmm. And like trying to play like Super Mario Brothers 3 with a sloppy joystick. Yep. I'm like, I I don't normally die here. <laughs> like I played this game a million times and I can do this jump. <laughs> I never finished Cuphead mm-hmm. because as I got to like the second island or the third island or whatever, they started getting really tough and sloppy. Mm-hmm. Like it just it's just sloppy enough that like I don't want to do these incredible. Like, you watch me; I fucking loved playing Cuphead, and the game's awesome. But just getting to the end and having the controls be a little rough takes away from just, it. It just it was too much. It was too, you know. Once I like that's those are my rage quits of Dark Souls. Where like if I lose a couple times, in my opinion, that was impartial fault of the game. It's like okay, that's I'm, where it gets really I'm fucked. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. And it happened several times with Cuphead, where like I feel like I'm losing because of the game. Or because of the console. Yeah. And so I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. So, um, but as, so like the perfect thing with me, like I actually wish I, so I got my, I got the Pixel Remastered bundle on PlayStation 5. If it ever goes on sale on Switch, that's the other thing about Nintendo is like their sales suck. Yeah. So games are just always more expensive uh-huh. on Switch, which is hilarious given they have so much less power and they look so much worse. Yep. Um, But like if they, like the pixel remastered thing would be perfect for like going on a vacation somewhere, uh-huh. just playing, being able to play a Final Fantasy on the road. Yep. Um. Obviously, I'm perfectly willing and able to just sit down at a TV and play them because like I love them. Yep. But like that's what they're. I I guarantee you, if you played them on a handheld, like in a handheld setting, you'd probably fucking love them, yep. especially the Super Nintendo ones, because it looks like a. They effectively look like really well made cell phone games. There's like a full story, especially yep. once you get past like once you get to Final Fantasy four, like you have, you know, very well developed characters, a mm-hmm. full storyline, full systems of progression. Like they're real games. Mm-hmm. It's just they look I mean, they're on Super Nintendo sprites. Yep. So like they look like they belong on a phone 
on and like, when they are on a phone and when they or, are it probably look you'd be like oh yeah this is feels perfectly yep. natural um so yeah and it's they are relative to modern gaming just a little more simple yep. so like but that's what you expect out of a cell phone game is exactly. a game that's a little more simple now final fantasy tactics not a simple game great on a great on a portable device not a simple game. not simple at all <laughs> no <laughs> so yeah, that's basically my weekend. Like I said, played some Final Fantasy V. And one thing I do, I will go, one specific thing I love about the Pixel remasters. Huh? You go into the settings, you can actually adjust like how much money, XP, and stuff you get. So you can kind of customize the experience a little bit. One of the things that sucks about Final Fantasy V, you've got two ways you level. Uh-huh. You have four characters that you play. And then it uses the job system, right? Yeah. Well, your characters get experience from killing things, and they level up independently of their job. Okay. And then when you fight battles, you also get job points that level up your character's job. And you've like each job has, you know, around seven levels and you can yeah. master it and you learn abilities and whatnot, right? Well, it takes, for example, to go from level uh like five to six is 120 or 150 job points. To go from six to seven is like three hundred. What's the top? That's the highest level. Oh, okay. So okay. to do that, most battles give you one. Oh, okay. So like what I a lot of grinding. It's a lot of grinding. Now, you're not necessarily required. You're certainly not required to go out and master all these. Uh-huh. So, you know, you can't really, I don't really like fault the game for it. But one of the things I want to do is I kind of want to play under leveled, but with a bunch of different like jobs mastered. Yeah. And like, I want to have some cool abilities so I can fight a harder fight, but have more tools to fight it with yeah. rather than just brute forcing it because it's like, well, you're... You know, I've got a thousand HP and your hits hit for like a hundred. So there's uh-huh. just no chance of you killing me because I just out leveled you. Yep. So I turned the XP down to half and I jacked the job points up to four times. So I have like, yeah, I'm not going to be over leveled. I'll be under leveled quite a bit, but I'll, I'll get to tinker around with the job system more. Yeah. So that's like a perfect way. Like, I love that you can do that in these. So it'd be like upping the, uh, the upgrade drop rate, like weapon upgrade material for like Bloodborne. So like yeah. you get, you 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 have all your weapons at really high level, and you just keep yourself low. Yep. So I can have like I can have a weapon that does decent amount of damage. I still take really big hits. Right. You just kind of get to tweak. That's kind of cool. They let you yeah. like I said they let you cater how you want to play the game. If you want to just speed run on easy mode, you could just jack it all up super high. Right. If all you're interested in the, is the storyline, you yep. can just be basically an ultra badass and uh-huh. just breeze through the game. If you want it to be super fucking hard, you can turn XP off. So you can do like a, a, level, like a level starting one. level one. I don't remember. Some of you don't start on level one. Yeah. But the point still stands. Yep. Um, just turn XP off. You can turn AP off. You can turn Gil off. So you can just not have access to any of these resources or you can jack them up or you can tweak with them. Tweak them. Like it's super cool that you're allowed to do that. That's probably one of the like. And you can turn encounters off altogether. And like that one's a little more extreme, but like older games seem to, that was a older games let you kind of build the game you or the experience well, you wanted these they didn't originally have that yeah that's but, true. um well but a good example of that is what they would do is they would put in roadblocks and then through the game you could get that so i could be wrong here but my first experience with it was what final fantasy 6 uh there was a final fantasy 6 had a huge cast of characters you could play as and they all had something unique about them yeah uh one you know what a moogle is the little white like teddy bear style dudes with the pom-pom on the top i do now Okay. Well, if you I've could seen, just Google, well, Moogle, I've you'd seen that. It. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, that avatar before. Right. That. That's a Moogle. In Final Fantasy VI, you can play as a character called Mog. Huh. He's a Moogle. He doesn't really have a ton special about him, but he gets a charm. If I remember correctly, it's literally just called the Moogle charm. Yep. No encounters. 
Oh, so it turns off random it encounters. It turns off random encounters. And since then, Final Fantasy VII had a materia that you couldn't turn them all the way off, but it would drop the encounter rate. Yep. Final Fantasy VIII had an ability you could junction no encounters or half encounters. Like, they do that a lot, where, like, when you initially play the game, you're going to have to play it my way. Once you get a little bit into it and you effectively earn this, then you can tinker around with the encounter rate. They almost always have, like, an experience, uh, a way to gain more experience, uh -huh. stuff like that. So there's the from like Final Fantasy, at least Final Fantasy six forward. There's mm -hmm. ways to like customize your experience built in Yep. with the the pixel remasters. They just go go to the configuration menu and yeah. turn them off. <laughs> you can just change things around the yeah. way you want. So, I like that. Yeah, they do a lot of uh, it's a very, very good uh, like re-release. Yep. Yeah. How about you? So I had a three day weekend, which is pretty fucking sweet. The perks of working Tuesday through Saturday is when a holiday falls on a two or on a Monday, no, when holiday falls on a Tuesday, I just get, get it off Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. Yep. So that was pretty awesome. Um, what did I do? I did a lot of stuff this weekend. So I started off um the weekend. Yeah, it was Sunday. We went out to my mom's. So her it was her birthday recently, and I had texted her. I think I talked about the podcast. Where I was like, hey, what do you want for your birthday? And what she said was, I want my gutters clean. And I said in my head, fuck. <laughs> I want to be like, are you sure you don't want like a $20 gift card to B-dubs? Because... <laughs> yeah, how about I take you out to dinner and you pay someone to clean your gutters? Yeah. <laughs> but no, she wants her gutters clean. And then it ended up evolving into, uh, she wanted me and Sarah to come down and just do basically like a honeydew list. Mm -hmm. She uh, doesn't have a boyfriend. And so she has, while she's very capable, there's just a lot of shit that needs done. And so like Sarah went and uh, uh, cleaned the carpets because she does, on while she works uh, she works at a... Basically, as a factory, it's a part-time job. She's basically retired, but she has a little part-time job. She also, for extra money, is a dog watcher. Dog watcher. So if you're going to be gone for a couple of days or whatever, you bring your dogs over, and she just has new dog. Every time I've been there, there's a different dog mm -hmm. on top of her other two. So she's basically pseudo-permanently having dogs. Pretty much. Not she like has, each dog is permanent, but like yeah, she's got two dogs, and she, now she, she always has between three and five mm -hmm. in the house. Uh, and... Some are house broken better than others, and so she needed to wash the carpets. So Sarah washed the carpets. I had to do some work on the uh, on the lawnmower. Lawnmower needed its blades taken off and sharpened. Needs one of the tires patched. Shit like that. How sharp do you get your lawnmower blades? I don't just get enough so you can kind of flick it and feel that yeah. it's kind of sharp. Okay. What I usually do is if I'm I go I use a rough wheel. Mm -hmm. And I, everyone listening, if you know how to sharpen blades, I don't. So when I you know when they come off as butter knives, I hit them up with a rough wheel. Cause like the one that like leave a, you know, like it like leaves a little bit of a mm -hmm. a hanger on. Yeah, I'll do one end at like a relatively shallow angle. I'll do the other end at a relatively steep angle, just to bring it into a point. And if I'm feeling frisky, I'll get a, a much finer grit wheel or belt, and I'll polish them a little bit to smooth them out. But I do not sharpen them because and I, and and one of the reasons why is like I've bought new blades recently and I checked them and they don't come super sharp from the factory. They come pointed, so I point them. Gotcha. That's basically that. what I did, but with a hand file. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, that's yeah. I basically just point them again. So um, I don't have like a a wheel. Uh, what a, what a, what a, a grinder. Grinder. I don't have a grinder. Yep. It's a one. It's a good tool worth picking up if you ever. Next time you're like wanting to pick up a tool or you or you see a cheap one at an auction or something, there it's a good thing. I need to get. I have like a little tiny one. I need to get like a medium sized kind of tough guy grinder. I have a dinky one. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so then I did, um, I went and got the gutters done, which, so to first perspective on this, I fucking hate ladders. I love rock climbing, but I have a rope. I hate ladders. I hate ladders so much. 
and to be fair, they are really dangerous. They're really dangerous. And so I had, for the low parts of the roof, we had a little five-foot ladder or whatever. And then the tall ones, we had probably a 10-foot ladder. And I was... Ugh. Yeah. You'd have to pay me a lot of money to climb up a 10-foot ladder. On soft ground. No, it was one of those, uh, like, it was a folding, or like the, the triangle ladders. Mm-hmm. They like they like fold together and they yeah. open up. But yeah, on soft ground. Fuck that. Yeah. I'm uh, so, so it's not even perfectly level. No, or of course not. Shifts around when you move on it. I got in the habit of I figured Ugh. out if I'm if I climb up two steps and then I kind of pick the other side up and twist it a little bit and kind of put some tension in the frame and then slam it back down, it'll sink those feet into the ground a little bit and that tension will help hold it stable ish, which is fine. So I'm going around doing stuff. I'm I'm getting them. I'm doing all the gutters. That's that's my mother birthed me and raised me. The least I can do is clean her fucking gutters. <laughs> so a little sidetrack from this story. I was at the back of the house and I had noticed that some of the gutters were coming off. I was like, well, I'll get some screws and all. So I called Sarah to say, hey, can you grab my drill? Grab some screws. Just bring it on over. No answer. So I called my mom. Hey, no answer. So I get off the ladder and I go back around the house and I go, no one has their fucking phone in case I fall and break my legs. Like... <laughs> I'm on a fucking eight foot ladder behind your vacuuming, your whatever. No one has their phone ready. If I fall and break both my legs, I'm just out here on my fucking own. Yep. Someone put their phone in their pocket. So turn around. their fucking ringer on. No shit. So I turn the, so I get the, I get kind of rehung up best I can. And I had missed a section. I had gone to do something else. And I was like, oh, I'll finish that in a bit. And it started raining. Gotcha. And while it was raining, I don't know why my mother chose this time for it to be important because obviously it's been doing it up until now. But those gutters were still full, and so water was kind of was pouring out of them and running into the garage connected to the house with a breezeway. Mm-hmm. And it's all concrete, but it was running into that. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll go fucking, I'll do it now. And so I get on the little short ladder, thankfully. I do one end, and I do the other end of up to four ends, basically here. And while coming down from doing the second end, I fell. Now, I only fell a few steps, but I had flip-flops on, which I shouldn't have, 100%, 100%, but I did. And I fell. And while falling, while I only fell, you know, probably four feet onto relatively soft mud, dirt, which is fine. I felt my little pinky toe on my left foot get caught on the ladder some on something. And I and so for perspective, one, my pinky toe's fine. We're good. I 100 percent expected when I rolled over and looked at my foot to see a bloody stub of where my toe was. That's how hard it like got caught and got pulled on. I was pretty sure it had just gotten snapped sideways and ripped off. Fuck that. Now, it's fine. There's a cut that goes from the nail on one side all the way around to the other side. And supposedly, Sarah luckily cleaned it for me at night. It's a pretty deep gash, I guess. It's all healing up. But yeah, I was. And so after that, I kind of, I have a bit of a temper sometimes. And I lost my temper when I fell. And I was just fucking hucking shit. I was outside <laughs> in the dog pen. And anything I put my hands on, I just didn't go Not at the house, yeah. not anything. But like, I fucking threw everything i could i was i was yelling just i fucking hate ladders god damn it i i knew this was gonna happen so that was two of four left i still had to do the last two (laughs) so while in a shitty mood i climbed back on the ladder and got the last two done last two ends and it's it's all fine and my i'm fine and then the last thing i did for which i i almost just went and bought a new one so she has a safe for my my dad actually had it as pawn shop he used to own a pawn shop and when they got divorced, he left the safe behind and she uses it as a gun safe. Mm-hmm. And she can't get it open. She knows the combination, supposedly. but So, like, she's gotten a combination from dad. Yeah. But dad hasn't opened this safe in 10 years. So, he, while he opened it every single day, 
It's 10 years ago. He's pretty yeah. sure. So he's giving her the code. She can't get it open. Well, um, one of her boyfriends at one point has gotten it open, just finger fucking it, got it open, and then couldn't remember how he did it. And so she just left it unlocked. And she was like, I would really appreciate if you took some time and figured out how to open this. So while I'm ludicrously upset. And trying my to foot, solve a puzzle while and my you're foot hurts. I, I haven't decided yet if my toe is broken or not because it's numb, mm-hmm. which I mean, it's a pinky toe. If it's broken, we'll tape it to the one next to it and it'll be fine. But I haven't decided if it's broken or not. I'm ludicrously mad, covered in dirt, wet, trying to figure out the combination from some hand scribbled notes my mom took two years ago. We think these are the numbers. We're not sure. Eventually called my dad, talked to him for 20 minutes. He we couldn't, he can't remember exactly how to do it, blah, blah. And we ended up, the reason we were stuck is he had given her two sets of numbers. The first one was, I'm going to make them up. The first one is what matters here. It was like, go to zero, go to 37, go to 26, go to 50, whatever. And then the second one, it was like, you know, 26, 37, 50. And I was like, well, the going to zero part, what he probably, because you have to zero it out. It's mm-hmm. a, it's like a one you have on your locker. Yeah. And you always have to zero those things out. So you have to turn them just a bunch to reset. Them. I was like, well, he probably didn't mean like go to zero. Just go past zero a bunch. Do it and we do it and we do it and we do it and we do it. And then it occurred. So, and Sarah's looking up like on the website, like for this company, like how, like different combinations of whatever. And we do it, we do it. And eventually I'm like, well, I wonder maybe actually zero matters. Like maybe they wrote that down three years and zero is the fourth number. It's a four number combination, not a three number combination. Gotcha. And was able to figure it out. Got it to where opened it like six times myself, wrote mom some very detailed instructions. She opened it a couple times. So we're good to go. But I was, I was on the phone with dad being like, I'm about ready to go buy her a new one. And he was like, those are like a thousand dollars. And I was like, I know, <laughs> but I'm done. That's with how shit. mad I am. <laughs> I'm about ready to burn this fucking garage down. That's how angry I am right now. So that was my Sunday. Uh, Monday was great. Monday, I uh, Sarah had to work. She started a new job, although she went in for like four hours because the guy it was Monday. So they were basically halfway working anyway. That dude, I think the guy that runs the place started day drinking because mm-hmm. he wasn't coming in. Yep. So she did nothing all day. I went and did plasma. Um, oh, so Saturday night I started playing. It was either Saturday night or Friday night. I started playing Warzone with some friends. Mm-hmm. I played Call of Duty a lot. I started playing Warzone. Now, my good microphone, actually, my good microphone's broken. Yeah. One of our guys at work is trying to Did fix it. Did you ever it. get that back? He's Not still yet. trying to get access to the parts of Purdue to do it right. Gotcha. So my second good microphone is here. I leave it here to record. My third kind of shitty microphone, but totally good enough for, you know, the internet, couldn't find it. It's just gone. I have no idea where it fucking is. It's at home somewhere. One? Oh, we'll get there then. Don't worry. Okay. Can't find it. Gotcha. So I'm using my Oculus headset as a microphone on the desk in front of me mm-hmm. as a microphone i did that for like two or three days and i'm like we're not fucking doing this anymore because i always have nice microphones i hate being the guy that's on the microphone like this i fucking hate that stuff so i find uh these microphones ones we have blue yeah. yetis i find someone selling one in lafayette for like 25 bucks because it's missing one of the screws so gotcha. it's damaged perfect message him or her or them i don't fucking know can I pick up tomorrow? Yeah, cool. I'm doing plasma anyway on Monday. Go in Monday. Take the cash from plasma. Go buy the no thing. No shit. Good Perfect. To go. So I I touch base with them. Hey, I'm doing plasma. Should be done about you know two. Let's say meet up around two thirty, and I'll let you know if that changes. I get out at one thirty, and they they say okay, sounds good. Text them at one thirty. Hey, I'm ready. Just let me know whenever you're ready. And then I sit in the plasma parking lot until two fifteen, and I text them again. And I go, hey, you know, it's coming on two thirty. Just checking in. No response. Two forty five. No response. 
three o'clock. Hey, just checking in. No response. So I start ch- hitting up other people. Mm-hmm. Do you have? And I found one for fifty dollars, which is still a great price for these microphones. And I'm like, well, he gets off at four thirty. Well, that's fine. I will come back. I'm coming back in for Pioneer tonight. I'll come and grab it before that at five thirty. I get home. And I see the microphone that had fallen between the couch and the stand next to it. <laughs> there it is laying there. Uh, well, you saved yourself 50 bucks. No, I went and bought it anyway. Oh, I've already arranged to buy it. That one is damaged because it doesn't record correctly and the cord plug-in doesn't always make connection. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, that one is damaged. So that one is now on the shelf as what was the emergency spare here is now my COD emergency spare. And I have, I own three Blue Yetis. And a sure SMB or whatever. No, you paid for that one. Yeah, I know. What I was going to say is, have you tried just getting one that works? <laughs> I do have one that works, but I'm trying to be... Con- so, like, that was my Monday, mm-hmm. which I had actually had a phenomenal time at Pioneer. We had tons of fun. Uh, we had a couple people. Since it was the holiday, a few people that normally can't come showed up, so we had a great time there. And then Tuesday, I went up, uh, drove a couple hours to help a buddy of mine with uh, some some stuff he had going on at a friend's house, or at his mom's house. Yep, thanks for that. Yep, that's... Uh, Always happy to help solve some very real problems. And then I got home and just just rested. My my holiday weekend, my three-day weekend, thankfully it was a three-day weekend, was not as restful as I would have liked, but it was very productive. Mm-hmm. And I'll take I'll take productive. It was a very productive, good weekend. Yeah, it was weird. I I like having Saturday and Sunday off, and it works out most like with holidays, it works out really well mm-hmm. most of the time. But having a the weekend off then going back on Monday and then having yesterday off. That was odd. It's weird. Yeah. It felt like when I was back at FedEx where I would just only have one day off a week. Uh-huh. And it was just like it doesn't they don't link this up right. Doesn't, this is weird. Whereas me, I got to have a three day weekend and then a four day work week. Yeah. So like this week's gonna be awesome for me. So I'm really excited for that. You know what else I'm really excited about? What's that? Uh talking about our patrons. Um, if you ever want to join in to the Patreon and support the show in a very real, excuse me, very real way, we always appreciate it very much. We have uh, some tiers for merch. We have the Discord. We have extra content. It's all up there. Patreon.com forward slash Cantor Cartel. And you get a shout out every week like Emperor, Rambling Rogue, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, Asphalt, Ted, Mumbledown, Rob M, Limit of Questions, Winter, Rose, Becker, Derek T, His Forest, and Jasper. Thank you all for being in the Discord chatting with us, for chipping into the Patreon, and for listening just like we... I don't know how I was going to go with that. And just, and listening to the podcast every week. Hopefully you yep. guys listen. Thank you everyone to listen. Thank you everyone who supports us. Don't mind the brain fart. Matt, how is Legacy looking? So, hopping over to Legacy, we've got... It's not great. <laughs> so, it's the, the summary is deceptive, and we'll go over it. But we're right back to Grixis Tempo being at minimum, which is basically just Blue Red Delver with Bowmasters and maybe an- another card or two. Yeah. But for the most part, it's Blue Red Delver with Bowmaster. I, I will argue with you there that I feel, if I haven't looked at these lists. If they're like the lists we saw last week, I feel comfortable calling those Grixis Delver lists. For example, the one in uh, fourth place okay. literally has Bowmasters and two snuff outs. That is not Grixis Delver. Yeah, that's the Blue one Red we saw Delver. last week that had like yeah, it had a couple other cards. Two thought, thought seizes, seizes, like a sign in blood. It had yeah. a bunch of black in the side. You're actually playing some black cards. Other Those than that. that's Grixis. You're right. This is is it Delver? Yeah, that particular one is. Um, so, and also, oh, it is a showcase. Yeah, I think I yeah, you we off. do have a showcase challenge. 
Um, so we'll talk about it. Uh, there's some uh, controversy is not really the right word, but people are some people, whether justified or not, are a little upset that the legacy has once again been taken over by a modern set. Yeah. And there's just Lord of the Rings cards everywhere. Yeah. It, the whole like, you know, legacy is supposed to get maybe a card or two a few times a year from a normal from a set. And that's like the last couple. Well, it was last week we talked about it. What? There were six. Yeah. Just in that. Now, top. In, in fairness, standard hasn't been putting very many cards into it, but that's yeah. because they took all the hyper powerful cards they were putting in standard and moved them to supplemental sets. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go over the top eight. Uh, the top eight itself doesn't look horrible, but it's not nearly as uh, like diverse and exciting as it was so, the weeks prior to the Lord of the Rings release. Something that is kind of interesting to me. There are more black pips in the deck names of this top eight oh, than yeah. we've seen in the last year. It's six. Six of the eight decks have black in them. Yeah. Like, black was the laughably bad... Co- Again, <clears throat> I missed Orcish Bowmasters, for sure. One, I told Matt, one, I misread the card, didn't read it all the way, and two, I was like, oh, it's black. That's fine. I missed it, because I really thought black was a good insulating shell for a powerful card to be like, well, it's black. That's okay. <laughs> right. I was wrong. So... Just to go back to the earlier point real quick, the there's three 25th, 26th, 27th are all Grixis Tempo. Um, Which would be classified as as a, what, unknown or other? No, they, well, they have a, they actually have a, Grixis Tempo is a thing on here. So oh, those are they're not like. Yeah. But what I was going to say is they basically, so they have Bowmasters, two Thought Seizes. I mean, one of them had a couple Night's Whispers. Yeah, they, so two of them, between two of them, they have three Night's Whispers. And then... The the four the third one doesn't have any. It's just got the bowmasters and a couple thought seizes. Like maybe half and half. Yeah, like at some point you're gonna like like it doesn't really matter. It's you're getting black black pick pips in there. But like part of it is just with me, and we make fun of decks about this all the time. Where it's like that's not Naya, that's Celestia with Pyroblast. Yep. It's just like at what point do we cross that? Yes, arbitrary well, of, semantic line. Yeah, case in point, snuff out. I don't count snuff out as a black yeah. card because you're not really casting it usually. And so splashing into black for one card, maybe another cyber card. That's what we always joke with Pyroblast. Like that doesn't really make you Naya. It doesn't make you Grixis. In my opinion, when I see you splashing into it for, I said two or three cards in the main, and especially another two or three cards in the side, I feel confident to declare that a Grixis deck versus <clears throat> is it with black? Yeah. Is it with Bowmasters? Is it with Bowmasters? Yeah. Yep. So enough, uh, Beating around the bush. Beating around the bush. Uh, Reanimator brought it home. Let's see. The pilot was Binu. I cannot oh. believe Reanimator won. So we were just talking about this because I it it had because to- I've been on a bit of a Reanimator bent myself. I haven't played much recently, but I've been jamming some leagues here and there, and I haven't gotten caught. But it occurred to me I was like driving one day, and I was like, oh my fucking god, if I put Grizzlebrand into play, and they they cast. Orcish Bowmasters in response to the draw seven. You're I lose deep shit. <laughs> I've lost 14 life. Yes. And they have an 8-8. Eight, eight. Yep. It beats my grizzle brand. <laughs> now, if you cast reanimate specifically, yes. you're just dead. I just die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh my gosh. be careful slinging well, those grizzle brands around with Bowmaster around. Would you die? Well, it'd be um to reanimate grizzle brands eight, then you pay seven. That's 15, that's 15, yeah, and then that's 17. That's 22. Yeah, you got two 22. points of overkill. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I didn't fetch. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, that's assuming. I mean, the odds that you're not gonna at least like fetch once. Uh huh. So, wow. Yeah, like. Or Bowmasters oh, just kills Grizzlebrand. We were also you could just kill Grizzlebrand. Yep. You don't have to go yeah, face. You do like animate dead. You could just kill Grizzlebrand. Yeah. And then you're left with an eight eight. Yeah, they have some cards, but they better hope they. Well, it's like and so what's the one card you want to reanimate? Grizzlebrand. Right. He's not very good right now. Archon of Cruelty, I'll just sack my Bowmasters and then attack you with a lethal 8-8. Right. You have to chump block. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But it did win. Yeah, it did win. So, congrats to that. Because this yeah. this uh, top eight had to be brutal. Uh-huh. <laughs> Especially because, like, like the Delver-style decks, typically speaking, have a reasonable matchup against combo decks in general. Because yes. it's exactly what they want to do. And one of the things we always talk about is, like, disruption against these combo decks isn't enough. You have nope. to go disruption plus threat. Yep. Bowmasters is disruption plus threat. It's great or threat. just ultra threat. One of the two. Yeah. And it, and you get to pick which one it is, mm-hmm. depending on which situation you're in. Yep. So it can either kill your Grizzlebrand or just flat out kill your opponent if you catch them. So, like, not to mention you've still got... The Force of Wills, some of these decks probably are playing, uh, like, there's two Death Shadows here in third and fifth. So you got, like, probably a bunch of discard in those. We haven't looked at the list yet, but uh-huh. typically speaking, they have, like... Oh, yeah. They have the Force of Wills and Thought Seasons and stuff. Yep. So uh, congrats to b new. That had to be a rough top eight. I imagine there was a lot of turn ones. Or he just got lucky. <laughs> I mean, yep. the flip that's side is you it. can just dodge this stuff or, I yep. mean, that's one of the reasons why, like, just getting to the top eight is usually considered, like, obviously winning is the most important thing. But when you top eight, people are like, yeah, you top eight. Like, uh-huh. from then on, there's just so much variance that, like, yep. you can't predict who's going to win this. Yeah. You already went eight and O oh, or, or be like, you went, you went six and O. Oh. Like, yeah. congratulations. <laughs> yeah. You, you won. Yeah. You did well enough. So looking at this list, though. What we got? We got a couple of tracks. Those kind of have been bouncing in and out in certain lists. And I have, I tell you, I have had situations. Um, I was a very, a very big Atraxa poo pooer, and I did have some situations where um, I was playing against goblins, and I was like, facing a wide board. I had taken some chip damage, and Grizzle, like I only had Grizzlebrand. Grizzlebrand brought me down to like five to draw seven, and I'm like, that's not like I. There's a real chance that when my Grizzlebrand dies. Or I think they were wide enough. They could, I could like seven wasn't enough life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. The the life link wouldn't save you. It wouldn't save me, but I was able to get a Atraxa, which the Atraxa, every time I reanimate Atraxa, which I did like probably three or four times, which I again, I haven't played that much reanimator. I drew between two and four cards and they usually sucked. Mm-hmm. Like I would flip over and I'd be like, I need, ugh, I need both Lotus petals or like, I don't, these this I don't need these creatures. Whatever I didn't I only draw a couple cards and they weren't that great. Mm-hmm. It's like the attracts a draw card plan wasn't super awesome. Well, but having a second seven seven life linker, especially one with vigilance, was a game changer. Now what I would say to that though is one you dig a little deeper. You do. Two, if you had just now obviously there's having more cards is better. Duh. Mm-hmm. But like if the if picking the cards out of the top 10 didn't net you any good cards, then Grizzlebrand probably wouldn't either so, most of the time, right? Well, think so the play pattern that I have been playing a lot is Grizzlebrand and then Unmask Grief mm-hmm. or or both. And so when I'm, because you're, you're so heavy on those free spells, you have eight free spells and you have Thought Seizes. So the card quantity actually does come up quite a bit where, so like with the tracks that happened where, like if I take the Grief, I have to pitch my Reanimate. Like I only have one more reanimation spell to try and double up on reanimations this turn, and I don't, I can't 
grief or whatever. I can't do both. And I mean, I know it's, you know, talk about first world problems. Right. Like there were times where I had to take, in my opinion, suboptimal lines because I don't have the raw card advantage of Grizzlebrand. Mm hmm. But also there were there's a lot of times where like one I already have a grizzle brand it's not enough does happen and two like I can't afford right that's the the flip side is the grizzle brand gets you zero cards yes and attracts gets you three four. or four mediocre ones yes yeah. and that was so I I um I was I was kind of close to cutting it and just taking the attractors out and then I am thermally in the one to two is is it feels good where rarely am I so I'm on four grizzle brand two attracts this is on three grizzle brand rarely am I find, do I find myself discarding. Or entombing for it first, yeah. But often well, entombing for it second. And that's what we talked about when it first was spoiled and started. Is like Grizzlebrand. Most of the time is yeah. still going to be your go-to, but yeah. there's those corner cases. And like, how much does it cost to have one or two in your deck to allow you to play around that? Kind like of it's stuff. way better than Sire of Insanity. It's way better than Tidesprout Tyrant. It's way better than the Arc, the other Archon, the whatever Blazing Archon, Blazing Archon. Like there's, it definitely is better than those. And so I, I do like it that one to two slot. And I do actually really love, I never realized how much, because I hadn't played it with the new grief package, how much I love not having chancellors. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, I miss having chancellors, but I also really hated having to reanimate a chancellor. I'd actually legitimately rather reanimate a grief than reanimate a chancellor. If I'm, if I, because I've done it, there's plenty of times I've done where like you evoke grief and then you reanimate grief Mm -hmm. and you just start the game with a double thought seize and like, that's a really good start to a lot a of double clock using a evasive threat and, and an evasive threat, which you know obviously I would like to have a better clock going, but just time it buys so much time to take their either their two best cards or their two hate pieces, and now we can work on everything else and everything else. Yeah. Whereas the the chancellor to me, it slows down your opponent, and to be fair, it is a pretty decent body in the air. It is, but like, like a five six. I don't remember off the top Something of my like head, that. but it. The problem is it doesn't aggressively attack your opponent's game plan in the same way. Mm-mm. It protects it protects your combo on turn one. Yep. But if you have in your opening hand, and frequently it will cost them a card. A lot of decks will just throw a card into it yeah. to get rid of the four spike. Yep. But if it doesn't, they just wait till turn two and swords it. Yep. And then yeah, which you, I've had happen a lot. Right. You, like you keep a hand it, based on you're going to go in on the chancellor, and then it dies on turn two or three, and it's like I am not. Now you're in deep shit. Yeah. Whereas, like, I have switched over to, like, I'm here to win the fucking game. And that's Grizzlebrand, draw draw, four, draw seven, maybe draw 14. Grief, grief, unmask. You have literally nothing. This Grizzlebrand is connecting, I promise. And once Grizzlebrand connects, it, like, now we're done. I was, that was the other thing I was going to say is, by, in my opinion, although I did technically misspeak, I hadn't thought about it. If you reanimate the Chancellor and it's actually out, their first spell costs two. Because it. It's got the static and the that triggered ability also still. Man. That is true. Just wanted to bring that up. I but didn't like, miss it, but it's kind of like the um, like every time I resolve the chancellor, it always and I have one with a chancellor. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but like it always felt like the hell of Delver is, where like my opponent has time. Yep, and I, I'm too all in for them to have time. And the power difference does matter. I want to check on that real quick. I think it's a five six, and so like especially you animate That's a dead four it. Turn. Well, if you animate dead it now, it's a four six. Yeah, and like it's just. It's it's not. Is it? Yeah, it's five six. Yeah. So at best, it's a four turn clock. Assuming now, obviously, if they well, they, I mean, they, it doesn't. If they they would need to fetch five times, right? Like, like it's, it's a five. It's a four turn against clock. Death Shadow. It's a four a three turn. Clock. Yeah, exactly. But is uh, the the like the uh, the Archon is a three turn clock. The uh, Grizzlebrand and Atraxa are three turn yeah. clocks, and they pay for themselves. Yes. Like uh, you know, the whole thing with Reanimation. You've, yeah, you've they put, replace themselves. You put two to four cards and they get this creature out. Those. 
start replacing themselves. Yeah. And so and like when the Archon dies, well, the Archon drew me the three extra cards I need to, to get the next Archon, to get yeah, the next Grizzlebrand. Yeah, to keep brand. going. Um, the other thing about Chancellor versus something like Grief is like when you replace the Chancellor with the Griefs, you're kind of still doing the same thing, only you get to pick the card that gets, quote, thrown into yep. the Chancellor, whereas they can just be like, well, I don't need this Ponder, fuck it. Uh -huh. Now I'm back in the game. Now Force of Will's live. Now Force of Will's live. Yeah. So you can like, you get to just be like, nope, fuck your Force of Will. Yep. That's the only card that matters here. Yep. And now I'm going to get a good creature. Out. And it is also an absurdly better top deck. Yes. On top of just being castable most of the half the game, like on turn two, it is a phenomenal time. Like there's there's so many times that I'll keep an okay hand and I'm going into turn two or turn three being like, just give me one, give me a pitch spell. Give me give me an unmask, give me a grief so I can get in that hand and clear the way. Whereas like Chancellor is just a dead fucking card. Have you tried top decking a, a white seven drop? <laughs> <laughs> I have. It's not great. It's not great. <laughs> yeah. Needed that to be one higher deck. Thank you. So uh, let's just. To, to summarize, sorry, the main board of this looks very standard. Yes. I don't see anything interesting in the main board. The sideboard, however. Yes, the sideboard, we do have, we've got Dothy Voidwalker, which we've seen before. But here's the first instance of it. We've got three Orcish Bowmasters in the side. And as we talked about, that card is a amazing card. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it doesn't surprise me that it's seeing play. It's interesting. So I've usually you see kind of two strategies with these reanimator sideboards, maybe three. Mm-hmm. The primary one that I've seen recently is show and tell. You sideboard into show and tell. I'm going to dodge the hate, which does feel great, by the way. Oh, yeah. Leyline of the Void. Cool, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Trinisphere. That's fine. I don't care. Yeah, I was going to pay three anyways. Yep. Um, or you bounce into a uh, just a answer, answer the answer package where like all I care about doing is answering the graveyard removal. Yeah, you're going to play Leyline. I'm going to play Serenity. Yep, Serenities and Leyline of Anticipation. Or that or anticipation, thing, uh, Reference Silence. Serenity, Reference yeah. Silence. Like, you can't target, you can't Thought Seize me, and I'm going to destroy all your enchantments, yada, yada. Or some kind of a mid-range package where, like, sometimes with Sheldrids or with Orca Spellmasters and Dothies, like, I am going to pursue a strategy where I beat you to death because you're probably going to remove, take out a lot of your removal. Obviously, Blue Eye Control isn't. That's all removal. But a deck that has a couple lightning bolts or a couple... Yeah, the big thing would be lightning bolts come like out again. Those, yeah, all those are gone. And so it's like, cool, now my Dothies and my Orcus Bowmasters are real threats. And if you were going to mulligan to five or to four to find your graveyard hate, and I can go turn two, slam a Dothy, and start punching, on top of having all this amazing discard that, like, you make a discard amazing cards and cast them, but just having a, a three-two unblockable or a, or two of them is phenomenal. They, they trashed their hand to go... You know, as I've had it happen where they'll go turn one, ley line, ley line. They have like three cards in hand. And you go, okay, grief. <laughs> Reanimate yeah. that grief. Fuck that. Well, they have a ley line. <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah, that's but yeah. true. But like, yeah, yeah grief yeah. and then Dothy Voidwalker. Yeah. It's like good two card hand, bud, or one or three card hand. Yep. So, yeah, other than that, the rest of the sideboard is pretty stock, though. All stuff we've seen before Serenity, the Fairy, the Magus of the Moons, Wear and Tears, and Snuff Outs. So, although. Snuffout's not super no, common. No, Snuffout's kind of it, new. Which, well, it's all over the meta. It is. It's not super common in Reanimator. I'm kind of surprised that we, like, I've seen several Snuffouts already. And, like, isn't Orcish Bowmasters the new boogeyman? Yes and no. The fact of the matter is, though, I think creatures are just so prevalent now, you have to have ways yeah. to deal with efficient. Like, because you you can answer Bowmaster all day, and then Murktide still beats you to That's death true. in three turns. <laughs> like, Murktide hasn't gone away. Isn't Legacy weird? Yeah. 
It is. Legacy used to be a spells format. By like like ninety percent of it was spells. Aggro's all over the place. Now it's a creature format, man. So next up, we've got Archon playing a four-color control list. Not the four colors you expect. No, it's everything minus green. Yeah, no green. So, so we, no, um, we gave up Minsk and Boo. Yep, no Minsk and Boo, no Green Sun Zenith, yep, no... None of that, no, uh, no Carpet Summer, of Flowers. No carpet. Yeah, no Sylvan Library, which is kind of, you know, falling by the wayside a little bit, but like all that cool green stuff, yep. gone. Instead, we've got Orcus Bow Orcus Orcus. Masters. <laughs> yep. There's actually some weird one-ofs in here. Yeah, this deck, this list is actually pretty interesting. So we've got the Bowmasters, four of them, and we've got three Snapcaster Mage. Which is interesting on its own also. Yeah, it's, and the cool thing is we actually talked about this before the show. This, the, the main board actually has some cool cards to take advantage of the Snapcasters. It's not just thrown in there. Um, then we've got two, three fairies and a Wandering Imper. I do want to make a comment because I learned this today. So anyone who's been wanting to get your snapcasters they're down to like 12 bucks a piece like snapcasters dropped from like 30 or 40 to 12 or 13 so if you've been thinking about picking them up or waiting now's a good time and if you've been holding them fuck you yep like me <laughs> like me yep <laughs> yep i thought long and hard about selling my two snapcasters because i don't really see play anywhere except legacy and i don't play much legacy and now i'm definitely keeping them yeah yeah why would you sell them maybe 10 bucks for yours nope uh, I still, close. you still need to get a price together for all the reanimator pieces you have, and I will buy them. Yep, I'll get around to that at some point. Which, yeah, that's not really much of a rush. Yeah. I could always borrow them if I needed them. Yep, I, to be perfectly honest, I don't know why you're going to buy them, <laughs> but whatever, it's your money. <laughs> it's more appropriate to you to <laughs> just bum my cards. <laughs> uh, dual lands is exactly what we're doing. Yep. I'm sorry. Continue with your deck <laughs> yeah. analysis. So. uh Three Planeswalkers, uh, two Teferis, and one Wandering Emperor. Got to actually win the game at some point. Although Orcish Bowmasters is a very real threat. Yep. Um, and it makes very real threats. Especially, but the problem is, there's certain decks that just don't care about it at all. Yep. Like, really. Yeah, it's so very like, true. So, like, you've got to have some way of, like, actually killing your opponent. Uh-huh. Yeah, there are, there are decks that, like, it that where that card just reads, like, two mana, make two one ones, deal a damage. Right. That's it. Yep. Not very many of them anymore, because, like... You know, half the format plays cantrips. Yep, sixty-five percent of the meta, or whatever, sixty percent got brainstorm. Yeah, it's uh, let's see. God, I'm uh, gonna spend fifty-three percent in this top thirty-two. I'm gonna spend two mana and make a four-four and a one-one and deal three damage to four damage to you. Oh, it's a five-five actually. No, no, sorry, it is a four-four. It is a four-four deal four damage. So, yeah. So spells. We've got four brainstorm. We've got one cling to dust, which you and I were talking about. I don't like, know. I can see why this card would be in the sideboard. I'm, I would love it if somebody could tell me why it's in the main. Like, like if there's uh, something that I'm missing here about like this. Like it's great against Reanimator Game One, clearly, but like one of them, that's a weird place to hedge your bets. Right. So I was talking to Matt as someone who likes playing control. I do find myself often, like literally, just begging for some life gain, and so it is one basically it is, a healing salve that cantrips. Yeah. It um. Well, it's either or. Here's the thing. It either cycles or gains you life because it depends on what you exile. Oh, gotcha. I was I was thinking it was a if you hit a creature, you get. Yeah, both. no, gotcha. no, it does have unearth, so you can you can nuke your own graveyard, which is not great with Snapcaster Mage, but you can nuke your own graveyard to cast it again. So you can get, I mean, by definition, card advantage. But like I was thinking, like I said, I just would kill for a little more card advantage or a little more life sometimes, and maybe that's what they're doing. Is uh, Archon was hedging his bets to be able to basically dodge one extra lightning bolt a few times mm-hmm. over the course of the day. But I'm yeah. not sure. I, <clears throat> yeah, I would love to know. 
And the the only thing yeah, I wouldn't it be think awesome of, if Archon listened to our podcast. Archon, you can come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he won't. <laughs> they won't, or whatever. Um. So cling to dust. The thing. The only other thing I can think about is it kind of. I'm not saying this is why they did it, but the it looks to me like a 16th sideboard card, and that's what one of the reasons why. Uh, I would run 61 cards in elves. Mm-hmm. Is it affect like the 61st card you're putting in there is basically your 16th sideboard card. Gotcha. And it gives you a little bit more flexibility that yep. way. Cause like, to me, like I get it that like it is a recurrable thing, but like with the rest of the deck, like why would you want to, yeah. And I mean, to escape it, it's fucking five cards. You're not going to be filling your graveyard much. Right. There's no self. And you want to be able to snap, caster stuff as well yes so like that really limits your ability to do that yeah, you can't just be like i'm gonna dump my whole graveyard like no you want to keep the brainstorm or the ponder or the swords in there right so like i just if i was doing that i don't think it's good enough it is four cards you exile never mind it's five it's yeah. four mana jesus it's four yeah it's mana. four mana exile five, five cards. cards to either draw a card or gain three life yeah that's really bad right now you can Keep doing that, uh huh. But like, fuck, man, that's a really bad. Risk. Escaping cards more than once is a tough ask. As right. someone who's played like a, quite a bit of standard where escape was legal, um, some legacy with like Uro, like escaping isn't easy, right? And well, with Uro, the nice thing about him is Uro makes it so the game is like wrapping up a little bit and generates you a, a ton of advantage. Mm-hmm. So like, get you the giant six six and get you a an explore. Yeah, like that's awesome this yeah. is like well you can either draw a card or gain three life yep that's a heavy price to pay for either of either those of those yeah i could like when i was reading it it costs the same as arrow too well, right when i was reading it and i misread it and i thought it was three life and a card i was like oh i mean that's in a control deck three life and a card yep like i could see throwing one that's in there relevant. when it's like repeatable so if yep. that happens over the course of two game like if that if you cast it initially get the three life and a card yep and escape it get three life and a card okay i could kind of see that yep because you're also getting a card from the graveyard, which presumably you're going to pick that one that matters. There's some value there. Right. It is it's way worse. <laughs> it's way so, worse than that. I would love to know what in particular that's in there for. Um, the rest of the deck we've seen before, for the most part, uh, there is one Fire and Ice, which is an unusual pick. Although uh, Jake and I talked about that beforehand. There is quite a bit of versatility with the combination of Fire and Ice and Snapcaster Mage. Yep. And Fire does cleanly answer a Bowmaster. Yeah, it gets itself and the token. Kind of what we settled on because my first thought was like, well, if I want to answer Bowmaster, Gutshot's where I'm starting because Gutshot's free or of two life, whatever, and it kills Orcish Bowmasters before my thought or before my uh, brainstorm resolves. Yep, because that's obviously what you want to avoid is like I'm going to cast yeah, brainstorm. Get blown out. Yeah. I'm going to cast Orcish Bowmasters. Okay, well, I'm tapped out. In response, I can still cast. Like I get the token is still there in a control deck. I don't really value the, a one one that much. Right. I'm not scared of a 1-1. I want to get rid of the Orcish Bowmasters. But Fire does just answer both. Now, it's it's two extra mana, which is a lot. We, and we had this whole, like, it's two, it's a lot more mana. But it does answer both, which is relevant. It does also sometimes answer two creatures in other decks, which yep. is relevant. Ice doesn't do nothing. And it cycles. Yeah. So it definitely does. I mean, it costs. It costs a lot A lot more. But it also does a lot more than Gutshot. And we got a couple. We got a couple Colligans command. One in the main, one in the side, which is super abusable with Snapcaster Mage and other things. Um, and then a couple Thoughtseizes in the main. And we still got the staff of the Storyteller. I 
this is the one thing. So not only does Orcus, Orcish Bowmasters is just an, in general a good card, it also triggers your staff. Yep. So it gives you another counter there. So now your staff is drawing you two cards instead of one, like just the basic one. Well, like how often we look at these decks and it's like there's like two ways to trigger staff other than the other staffs. Yeah. Whereas now we just added four ways to trigger yeah. it. Now, and you've got the Wandering Emperor too. Yeah. It is worth noting that obviously, you know, your second Orcish Bowmaster doesn't always create another army token. Yeah. So, but you do have a lot more ways to enable Staff of the Storyteller. Yep. I'm curious to see how Staff would stack up against uh, the ring, the one ring. Um, just, I'd be curious to see, like, if we were going to take the basically the same core of a deck and uh-huh. just, you know, tweak one around staff, one around uh, the one ring and see which one kind of panned out as the best one. Uh, it's just been too, in my opinion, it's been too short of a time to, like, make new cards. Yeah. Staff is the proven card. Like, yep. the ring still has to, like, Man. prove itself in Legacy. It's you know obviously be doing okay, though. A terrible but fun deck to build is, and this is, this would be a terrible deck, but a deck that's built around, one, casting the one ring, and then untapping it over and over and over and over and over again, drawing your deck, and then giving it to your opponent. <laughs> Donate. Donate's a card. Oh, man. But, but it and there's a red the, version, too, isn't there? The problem is, though, it wouldn't even work, I guess, though, because by the time you're drawing seven or eight cards, you're only at, like, ten burden counters, but you're, you've are you drawn 30 cards. Like, you'll draw your deck. The math is there somewhere, but I bet you would draw your deck by, like, the 14th burden counter or the 12th burden counter. Mm-hmm. And then I dumped them for 12. You know take, what I mean, though? Like, yeah, it still takes two turns to do it. It'd be and by well, and then I get to, they get to draw. Yeah, they get, they get to get draw fourteen cards because they can. Well, well, what are the odds in the top fourteen? I've got an answer to this. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> so yeah, that doesn't work. Be it would cool. be fun though. It'd be fun to be like, I'm gonna put twenty burden counters on it. Here you go. Yeah. Um, there was a donate deck that was popular a really long time ago. Uh, it was called. Uh, it uses I think it was Delusions of Grandeur. Isn't there, does it use that, uh, it's that like, like seven mana black creature that if it enters the battlefield, you didn't cast it, you lose? Uh, no. So it was an enchantment that when it ETBs, okay, you gain 20 life. And when it leaves play, you lose 20 life. So you would play, um, it. play it, gain 20 life, donate it. And if I remember correctly, add a cumulative upkeep. That's just going to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was also a deck, and this was a little more minor, but it was like, I can't remember what it was. I played against it once or twice where. Like there's some spell that whenever you cast a spell, your opponent makes a copy of it, mm-hmm. and so they would just they would they would play that, and they would pass like summoners pact. Yeah, uh, or pact use, of, is hive mind whenever a spell is cast, each player yeah. creates its own copy. Yeah, so, so you, you just, go hive mind pact of negation. Yep. Yeah, and then they have to pay five, or three and a three and two blue, or lose the game. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, like I said, that's the main deck for the control list. The sideboard looks pretty straightforward. Yeah, there's so not much interesting we've got here. Some blasts. Some surgicals, uh, some of the white hate pieces like Stony Silence and Containment Priest, a couple more forces, a plague engineer, because I guess elves isn't <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like one percent of the meta, but we still gotta respect it. Um and I mean it's not like Orcish Bowmasters has a relevant creature type, so oh, man, Archer, that's awesome. Uh and then uh Culligan's command again. So uh, Yep. Good job, Archon. Now we've got we've got two death shadow lists, so I want to look at them together. It's uh what, third and fifth? Yeah. Yep. Third and fifth. What's uh, this Orcish Bowmaster card? Yeah, I've heard it's pretty good. <laughs> so we've got a couple of those. Now, I will say the fifth place list is a little spicy. We, I've, from what I understand, it's actually kind of becoming pseudo stock Death Shadows, but it's a Yorion list. Uh huh. So I'm curious. I don't know a ton about that particular build. Uh, and it's the first time Yorion Death Shadow has shown up in the top eight. So we haven't talked about it before. 
So let's just look at the third place list real quick, kind of breeze over it real quick. So we got Death Shadow, we've got the Bowmasters, which we've talked about plenty. Um, let's see, Brainstorm, Fatal Push, Reanimate, Thoughtseize. So this one looks like it's a little bit more of what I would call a traditional list, where it's got like the outside of the Bowmasters, where it's got like the Street Wraith and the Reanimate yep. package. Like that was kind of an older style. There are two sideboard cards that are interesting to me here. Okay, so we've other got than the that, I don't see here. anything in this. I don't oh, see anything in the main that's interesting. And then the let's counterbalance. See. Yeah, counterbalance. to me, seeing counterbalance, I'm not yeah. saying it's unheard of, but like seeing counterbalance is kind of interesting. That's the first kind of interesting card. But this another new card from Lord of the Rings. Yep. Hooray. I I um I don't think it's powerful enough for the costing three. If this costs two, I think it would be powerful enough. Gotcha. So we've got the Plantier of or Plantier of Orthunk, legendary artifact for three, colorless. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, put an influence counter on it and scry two. So you play it, put an influence counter on it, and a turn scry two. Or end of turn, put an influence yeah. counter. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, then target opponent may have you draw a card. If that player doesn't, you mill X. So yep. if you don't get to draw, you get to mill. Correct? Yes. Okay. Where X is the number of influence counters on it. And yep. that player loses life equal to the total mana value of those cards. Yep. So a combustible gear hulks them. Gotcha. So let me read this. So I can, I can, I can play in English it for you. Well, no, I'm, I'm seeing if there's a trick to it. Is the, the trick I see is that you just get to draw two cards a turn after the, like the second or third turn. Mm -hmm. Because... You cannot afford to let your opponent be. I mean, they've got Murktide Regent, Street Wraiths, Force of Will, Snuff Outs. It's like, yeah, that's at what point, like, hey, mill four cars and I'm going to lose that much life. Right. Like, so eventually it's a one sided howling mind. Yes. It's, it comes in and it scries two. Like I said, at three, I'll be honest, at three mana, I don't think it's good enough. At two mana, it would be. Yeah, it comes in, scry. It almost always is ETB. Scry two, which in fair, don't forget that scry lets you set it up. Mm -hmm. Scry two, mill a card, and then your opponent loses whatever the most expensive card of the top two was, unless you really want to draw your Murktide, which it also does fuel Murktide, hyper relevant. Um, then it's a lot of times at two, you're still not drawing a card, you're just milling two. I have seen people, and this is in standard when the CMCs are a little higher on average, but this deck has a very high average CMC too. Three to four is when most people start backing modern? out. No, in standard. Er, this is a Lord of the Rings card, so it's not. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not standard even. Draft. Oh, gotcha. I've seen it mostly be played in draft because no one's playing it in modern. Mm -hmm. But I have seen it played multiple times. I've been a big, I've been really kicking it with LSV lately. He has a new YouTube channel. I guess free promotion to our patron or to our, our patrons, to our listeners. But he's been doing a bunch of those. And I've seen him play with and against the Palantir quite a bit. And... Well, not quite a bit. It's a mythic. But that's where most people start tapping out. Between between three and four. Most people are willing to take one. That's fine. Take two. That's fine. At three to four, you start drawing an extra card every turn. Eh? Yeah. I eh? Can, so, like, if you're, if it's going to see I mean, this against, like, a control deck. Let's say, if you're in a really grindy match, because, like, the one. Like, it's like, basically like having a. Um, it's basically like having Monarch. Right. That's like, what, I, just, I just get Monarch. Well, that's what I was effectively comparing it to because it's kind of a hard to remove permanent like so if we go back to uh let's see the four color list here let's see how many ways he can so there's prismatic ending which is going to be hard because it costs yep. three three yep so not impossible but like not guaranteed that they're yep. always going to be able to do that and it gave you some value it probably gave you some value right um then we've got so we're looking at this list k command the one of k command there's a couple k commands one in the main one inside Again, at least there you're trading even on mana. Yep. Um, you've got some value. They get some value out of that. 
So you're somewhat even depending on when they, they could, do it. They could K command before your end step, it but technically could. But, but if you're, you're at parity, yeah. when you're at parity against the control deck, you're not sure. you're not losing out too much. Um, obviously they could force it, but yep. whatever. Um, I always take him. I always take him to Torok. Right, but like they don't really have a decent way of dealing with it, mm-hmm. and yeah, so it's, like it's kind of comes down and it's that sticky threat that gives you a way out when you're because like especially against like death shadow or against like a control list like a swords to plowshare list your death shadows are basically useless because they just swords them and not only do they yeah. kill your death shadow they can kill your other death shadow yeah you, and you can't do you can't get a couple death shadows out to right. end the game quickly right so you're basically down to like in this list drc or uh not drc Merktide no. and delver yeah and this particular list is only got two delvers yep it's got the bowmasters as well so like I could see having like a sticky Which threat there. It's noticeable the bow masters in that control matchup are great. Yes, they are. Very good. So like I could see that. I'm curious to see how it pays off. Yeah. I, it's it sounds this seems like a fun of to me. Like well, it's a to me it's it's week two or three. Let's test some cards. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Well, you see something that's like every turn draw a card. Yeah. That's something worth playing with. Because I mean every ETB, turn scrying to ETB. Well, you don't get to scry to every turn. Beginning of your instep. You do, don't you? Oh, you just write every turn? Yeah, at I the beginning was, of your instep, put an I influence it was an counter. ETB. No, at the beginning of your instep, put an influence counter on it, and then scry two. I was way fucking better than I thought. Right. I thought an ETB yeah. scry two. Yeah, just, you just got the you scry set the two first. Once. No, wow. Yeah, so you, I mean, once you can get a couple on there, you're going to be hitting yeah. that mill pretty good, because you can be like, nope, there's two. You can either keep the cards, because yep. they're good, in which case that's all upside, because yep. you're going to draw good cards. Or if you're trying to attack their life total, you can just be like, nope, Death Shadow's not going to cut it. Put that on the bottom. Yep. Oh, look at that. Force of Will and Merktide. Yeah. yeah. Take 12, bud. <laughs> Take 12. Or I get to draw these cards. What is, how many cards is Scry 2 worth to you? Probably like three quarters of a card. I say more than half, right? Like, we're, we're more than half a card a yeah. turn. I, it would take a lot of scrying to me. It's kind of like a, I don't know what you would call it, but you get severe diminishing returns. Not diminishing returns, but like that graph where you'll never hit um One. one. You think so? You you don't think scrying any amount of cards is worth is worth drawing a card? It would take a lot, and I don't. Okay. Two to me is definitely not not it. Um, it's relatively close. If you're the, between half and three quarters yeah, of a card, like, and it's just like it's gonna you know. But scrying four, scrying four is getting really close. Now we're to like eighty percent or eighty five percent of a but card. But there's there's something about, in my opinion, from a gameplay perspective, I have the card in my hand versus it's sitting on the top of my deck. Mm-hmm. And there's like there's no getting around that because all scrying does is it, it does stack the cards on your deck and that's great it improves your card advantage yeah but if you never get to draw them that doesn't fucking matter so like to yeah. me it would take a no like scry thirty I would rather scry thirty than draw a card yeah of course and the the flip side is and this matters too as well with drawing a card but like early scrying is better to like it matters what point of the game it's in yeah so like if you could scry ten on turn one. Well, yeah, that's worth a lot. That's worth You're a scrying lot. ten on turn ten. That's probably not worth as much. I don't. I, th- I don't think I'd agree with that. I think I would think while scrying in the beginning game is scrying on turn two is. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't think I. I don't think I agree with that. I um. Well, imagine you a, get to stack the top seventeen cards of your deck. Yes, because that's what scrying is, uh, sort of. But what I need, first of all, in the early game, I might not know what I need. In the I don't. I I don't feel comfortable having this argument quote-unquote yeah. there's bring a lot it, of hypotheticals there. We need to bring this, i need to think about this for a week or two and have a discussion again because i'm i don't i feel confident in my bones i disagree with you so but i don't think i could articulate it one of the biggest reasons why 
is probably the type of deck you're playing. If you're playing an aggressive deck where it's like, say you're playing Reanimator and you just get to pick the top 15 cards of your deck, like Possible, yeah. you're going to be able to win almost every yeah. game. If you're playing a reactive deck, that becomes a lot more difficult. Yeah. Because then you're trying to predict what your opponents are going to do. I'm definitely... It's kind of the no bad threats. There are bad answers. Yeah. I'm definitely thinking about this from like a blue-white control or a just got control point. Um, But yeah. So... Okay. I I mean, there there is a point where, yeah, I would rather scribe five than draw a card. But at some point, what's on the top of your deck doesn't matter nearly as much as just what's in your hand. I don't even know if... I, I don't know if... I even think about that way either, though. Like, I'm not saying, what would you rather do? At what point does scrying equal a card to you? Right. So right. I, I, I mean, I guess you're right. I, I I don't know what I would rather, like, if I could scry four or draw a card. I might take that. I For me, I think the number is closer to four. Like, like when I'm scrying... Four's getting there. I, I, I think I feel like three to four, like, scrying, like, if, I mean... If they produced a, if they made a one, they might have a one mana ponder, but it doesn't draw a card. It just scries three or scries four. That's... Really, like, that's almost a card to me, if not a card, in my in my mind. Well, the so here's the or a cards worth of value that I get to go. These three cards are dog shit, but the fourth card's great. I want that one. Here's a decent comparison. You got preordain versus expressive iteration. Mm-hmm. Preordain, you get to scry two. Yep, so and then draw a card, so. and then draw a card. So you're looking at, but well, again, that's probably a card and a half. Sure. Expressive iteration is twice as much mana, and you're going up a card. And it's just like that gulf between that extra yeah. card and the. Yeah, it wasn't even comparable. It's not even close. No, almost no. No one's almost. Almost no one's yeah. playing preordain now. Maybe show and tell sometimes. Right. Expressive iteration was good enough. It got banned after taking over the format for two yeah. years. That one. That difference between I get to look like. Now, granted, expressive iteration does dig as deep as well. But again, we're talking about a mana difference as yep. well. That extra card versus scrying two and yep. then drawing. That's a huge gulf. Yeah. And that's a very practical way to look at that. The hypotheticals are, you know, m- they get muddled. Mm-hmm. But like preordain versus expressive iteration is basically a card versus scry. And the 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 card even costs more. Yep. So that's true. Um but yeah, it is an interesting it's it's an interesting hypothetical. It's like how yep. many cards would it take to yeah. make like, for example, just how many cards would it take for uh like preordain or ponder to not replace itself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At what point is a one mana sorcery? You've looked at enough cards; it's val- it like it's good enough, right? Anywho, or hypothetically, as a one mana cantrip that you consider card advantage. So, like how Ponder looks at does does scrying three? Do, I guess that's not scrying three, but sort let's of. say let's say Ponder scryed three, draw a card. Is that does that is that card advantage in your mind? Are you going up a card because you get to scry those two lands you don't need to the bottom? And yeah, it's it's a weird virtual card advantage, yeah. basically, but. And that's that. It's that virtual that gets me. Yeah, that's true. Where it's just like, yeah, and I still don't have swords of plowshares in my hand when I need it. Yep, so that's true. Can't cast it from the still, top. Still, that force of will is still sitting on top. Right. Crystal brand resolves. Correct. Now, how many how many cards was that worth? Yep, that's true. <laughs> it's worth the fucking game. Is that's what true. <laughs> All right. Anywho, I do want to talk about this eighty card death shadow yeah. list briefly. Yeah. Now we're on the now we're on now. The obviously, fifth we place. don't need to go over all the. Uh, you know, shenanigans with the basic death and tattoos, death and tack. Talking Ooh. hard. Me no talk good. <laughs> death the, shadow list. The only thing we do here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why do you think nobody listens? <laughs> There's actually a couple new cards in this yeah, deck. so we've got another Lord of the Rings card in here. <laughs> Two more. Um, yeah, let me see. So we've got the Troll. Uh, we've got Sauron's Ransom. And the oh, Palantir's the pa- main Palantir deck. Palantir made it to the main. What are we doing? <laughs> 
Well, and I can even see that like once you've got 20 cards to fill up. I guess. Have another one. Sure. Uh, so let's look at this troll. It's the troll of Kaza Doom. Uh, so it's got swamp cycling. So excited to see that. Uh, it's, so this is just in here for a swamp. And reanimate. So yeah, I see it as... Because um, you're never going to cast this. No. It is a... You can swamp cycle it. So it, Well, so one, it fills the graveyard for Murktide. Relevant. Swamp cycles. So you get to um, run less lands. I think running a couple swamp cyclers equates to another land. So you can trim a land in your mana base. And you can and reanimate a 6-5 yeah. and dome yourself for 6. And still have a 6-5. And still have a 6-5. And it's got basically pseudo-unblockable. Uh, can't be blocked except by three or more creatures. Yeah. So it's it's basically unblockable. Basic, or one-sided Wrath of God. Uh-huh. Even if it's Wrath of God, but like if it's a three-for-one, right. I'll take those trades. Yeah. So uh, let me double-check something. Yep. And just to be clear, Swamp Cycling, you can get any Swamp. So it can yep. pay one, grab your Underground Sea or your... Uh, watery grave. grave. So that's and we've just moved the Dothy Void Walkers into them. They've a lot of times they're in the side. Now they're just in the main. Yeah, because we have room for them. We've got room for Baleful Strix. Now. Obviously. Yep. Because you're playing blue black. So why the hell wouldn't you run if that? If you got blue black and room. Yep. Run Balefuls. And then we're gonna scroll down here to Sauron's Ransom. So we've got a three mana instant, a colorless, a blue, and a black. Choose an opponent. So you. Uh huh. Uh, look at the top four cards of your library, then separate them into. A face down pile and a face up pile. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Put one pile into your hand and the other into your. Did I miss a word? No, okay, it's they. So they separated yes. into a face up and a face down. Gotcha. It's a it's a factor fiction sort of. It's the new. So they've done this multiple times. This is this is the way, new way they do factor fiction where they do a face up and a face down pile. I've seen at least one other standard card. I think two other standard cards where they've handled this where like. Like it's usually three actually. This being four is kind of cool. It's four, right? Yeah, but it's it's you you pick a face up and a face down pile. So you get like fact of fiction has mind games. This has mind games where it's like, what do you put face up? What do you put face down? Where's the split? One versus three, two versus two. Yeah, four oh. You can. That's a that's a legal game action you can <laughs> take. take. Those. <laughs> but you don't know what they are. You fool. You uh -huh. fell for it. Now you can, <laughs> You'll be discarding the end of your turn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> idiot. Um, but it's a really cool card, and it, again, it's very factor. It's very factor fictiony. Yeah. It's a three mana instant. Um, it is. I mean, in reality, it's, it's guaranteed card advantage. Yeah, like, you can always pick the. You can always pick up. You can always go you up. You always a card get it. Yeah, you always go up a card. Um, and then it also has the ring tempts you, which is not nothing. I don't it's, remember what the first temptation does. The your ring bear, which becomes legendary, which is absolutely a downside in this in this format because people run Caracas but um, it becomes legendary and then it cannot be blocked by creatures with a greater power gotcha so for example their Murktide cannot block your Brazen Borrower yeah. it's so, not nothing it's not nothing but it's not like yeah I mean like like your Death Shadows probably not gonna be a, that's not gonna be applicable like you know your your Murktide Regent probably not super applicable but there are is it it's not nothing, and there are times when like they have five life, and you have a a five uh, orcish army at five, and you can be like your murktide cannot block my army attack, and if you can do it again, the second one, which it's super unlikely, the second time you tempt, you get to uh, loot whenever your ring bearer attacks. Gotcha, but that's incredibly yeah, I mean, there's unlikely. Only two in the deck in an eighty card deck. Yeah, so not but gonna they help find each like... other, Matt. They do. 
Um, but still. You go four cards deeper in the 70 cards left in the deck. I don't know if we mentioned it, but is it is an instant that matters a yes. ton when it's, it's yeah, three it's mana. Very factor fictiony. I'm curious. I'm I would like to I'm curious to see if this is gonna stick around. Because I do like the gameplay around factor fiction. Yep. Especially with the problem with factor fiction was when it was printed, it was very much like you cast this and your opponent's just fucked either way. Yep. Because with five cards, it's just like it almost doesn't matter what the three card pile is. Yeah. I'm almost always going to pick the three card pile unless it's just yep. like, well, that one has lightning bolt and you're at three or the other one's just like all yep. lands and you don't need them. But like if there's decent shit and it's iffy, mm -hmm. I'm probably I mean, going to just go up two cards. Like, would you contemplate playing a four mana instant that said like pick the best card out of the top five, like a four mana? I mean, that you're starting to like replicate dig through time. Yeah. Like it's a, it, we're also kind of impulsy. So impulse yeah. is four. It's the same thing. So a four mana impulse, but you take, take take two. Like that's fucking bonkers good. And instant speed. Yeah. End of your turn. Well, I guess actually that card exists. It's um it's a it's a standard staple. It's called memory deluge. Yeah, I was gonna it's say it's actually a modern state. It's actually a bit modern too. So And like, it sees a bunch of playing Pioneer, doesn't it? Or it did for a while. In the in the blue decks, yeah. Just yeah. um just four mana, look at top four, draw take take two. And then it's got what, uh dig through time is a flashback, right? Yeah. Pretty much but it costs seven. Yeah. There's no cheating it. Yeah, there's no cheating it, but it's yep. just straight up dig through time. It's just dig through time. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to see that. I love factor fiction. Um, this obviously costs one less. That matters a lot. I don't know how much the sees, one mana sees one less card. Yeah, sees one less card, and you have to you get way less information. Yeah, that's that to me is the big thing. Is like I'd rather see like I'd be more likely to play this card if it was four cards face up than five cards face down. You yeah. know what I mean? Like or the half and half. Yeah, but that's like I'd rather have this All card information. face up than factor fiction face down, where yeah. they get to split it. That's or keep in mind it's one pile's face up, one pile's face down. Well, I know, but okay. I mean that—that's what I mean. Yeah, like because you don't know what the hell. Yep. So you're like, okay, so these two cards suck. That card also the might other, suck. Right, the other two cards could very easily yep. suck. And how often are you going to get got when you're like, oh, all three of the the three mediocre cards are together. That, that means the one must be, be really great. good, and it's a fucking land. Never take it. Yeah. I will. I have had uh, the one. I the one I dealt with is it's one. It's a three cards. So mm -hmm. they, the one. It's usually one up, two face down. Yeah. I have read my opponent very well almost every time, where it's like, hmm, that card they showed me is kind of mediocre. I'm gonna take that one. Oh look, land, land. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, and then we've got the Palantir of Orthok. So, yeah, bunch of Lord of the Rings cards. We've got even more, and the. What was our legacy count up to from last week? Six. Six. Now we've got seven with the Palantir. Eight. Eight with the Ransom. Nine, nine with the Troll. I mean, I, the Troll's pushing it. Like, it's a very niche card, but it's still there. Have you heard what's going on in Modern right now? No. 14 no. land uh, living end. Because <laughs> you have Troll of Cause of Doom. Yep. And you've got the Troll. Says, and hey, <laughs> we talk about it all the time, how that deck living in never gets a new card because there's only so many cards that you can... Yep. <laughs> it finally got a new one. Yeah, it got so uh, it runs I think it runs the green one too, I think. Is uh, there one for every land? Uh well the blue one's a spell. Gotcha. So they don't run a blue one. But yeah, there's one for every land. The blue is a bad spell. But yeah, they run the green one's just a body. It's like a six seven and it gets a land. Yep. And it helps cast a uh agent, whatever it is. Sure mm -hmm. agent. But yeah, it's like there's like fourteen land uh living end decks running around because they can hilarious. they, they need can do one in a cycling. A cycler. Yep. Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> big Got upgrade this. to living end <laughs> that's fucking hilarious 
So yeah, I mean, we're up to what? That was nine cards. Plus, I think, wasn't there another one that we talked about before this? I don't know. I don't remember. Possibly. Nine or ten? Possibly. But yeah, we're, we're between nine and ten. So, fourth place. It was going to happen eventually. Delver's back. <laughs> yep. Everyone fucking called it. Um, surprise, surprise. And this one is, like I said, this one is, this is just blue is red. Delver. Yeah, this is basically blue red Delver with Bowmasters and Snuff Outs. Yep. Two Plague Engineer on the side. So, like, where do we find room? Just Delver? It also has Minor Misstep in there as well. So we took Delver out. All yep. the Delvers are gone. Those became Orcus Bowmasters. Which is exactly what happened with uh, with Ragavan, yep. where it's just like, well, we're cutting the worst creature, yeah. and well, the, the worst whole, creature like, in Delver is Delver now. Delver is 100% the worst creature in Delver. Yeah. So no spell pierces. Yep. Nothing like that. Minor missteps instead. Got a daze, down to three dazes. Yep. None Find of the like, unholy heats they used to run. Every yeah, none now of that then. shit anymore. We're just back down to the strict like four lightning bolts. But I mean, everybody was talking about it. Obviously, it's it's slightly different because it's a creature, not a spell, but everyone wanted that like two mana card advantage engine. Bowmasters doesn't, strictly speaking, generate you cards in uh, the same way. Mercurial Spell Dancer. But, well, is I mean, that, with Expressive Iteration, about? people were looking to yeah. replace. Yep. So we've got the Spell Dancer. We had that fairy show up for yep. a while, the Mastermind. Yep. Um, people were testing out all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. Turns out you just need to dome your opponent for fucking three every time they yep. cast Brainstorm. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it basically is card advantage. There's no selection. It's, but it's, like, it's that virtual card advantage where this one card does so much. It, it kills a dude. Sometimes, so up, yes, yeah. Most of the time when you play it, it's going to kill a dude. Especially <laughs> if they start running around everywhere. A lot of times it's going to kill itself. Even if, even if it just is, so two mana to make a 1-1 one, one and a 1-1, one, one, which we can agree that's at least a card. A two mana 2-2 two, two, or two mana 1-1 one, one split across. It's a bad across, card, but it is a That's card. a card. Then let's say you catch any of the likely scenarios where you have caught them drawing another card. So now it's dealing two damage to something. Yeah, well, someone like something like that's shock. Well, like Grizzlebrand is the you know live in the dream. Yep. Brainstorm is, is like common is, is going to be common. But like between brainstorm and ponder, every single one, every ponder is yeah. going to get hit. But I'm, what I'm saying, so let, let's if you just catch a regular ponder, and we're looking at trying to get a card like two yep. cards out of this. You now we've got three power on the board, and we dome for two. Yeah, that's pretty fucking close to a card. Yeah, and if you hit brainstorm, that's almost three cards right. because that's lightning bolt, or it's actually lightning bolt plus one. Yep, and a four four, mm-hmm. and a one one. Yeah, so like we're approaching three cards. Yeah, one good. bad card and two great cards. Mm-hmm. So like yes. Strictly, I would say Orcus Bowmasters, when it makes two one ones, is a card. That's a card. Yeah, it, and not a very good one. Not a very good one. Once you get to make a 2-2 two, two and deal two damage, we're we're pretty close to two cards advantage. And if you can hit a Brainstorm or, heaven forbid, a, a yeah anything else, you're for sure, we're at three cards now. And on top of that, in the same way that we've talked about, and we might have mentioned it last week, it also punishes you to try to find an answer. To yep, it. it has that sheltered effect. Yep. Where, like, if you can stick it, and to dig out of the hole is a... Very difficult thing yeah. to do. Hope your first ponder finds a lightning bolt. <clears throat> yeah, because now that two two is a three three is a four four is a five five, and it's like, geez, Louise. Yeah, gets out of hand really quickly, really fast. Also, again, a lot of these lists run in bobble. It's another, another card. Yep, that's more that's card another, draw. That's another pain. Like, like that's in my opinion, that's the like. Orcus Bowmasters turns from a shitty card to a very playable card if you can catch a single draw. Yeah. Um, sideboard. Looks Boring. real fucking stock. <laughs> so, Boring. There's nothing new there. So, and we don't want, I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about Delver <sighs> again. No, we're plenty deep into this podcast already. 
yeah. <laughs> we're already almost like an hour and 15 minutes. Now, we've got another list. So this is what I was talking about where the metagame summary is a little deceptive. The Jeskai list in sixth place is also a Delver list. Only they've added fourth Aer Lingus and Esper Sentinel. Yep. So we're still trying out more Lord of the Rings cards. We've talked about that card being a really good card. The question. Sure. Have we had punctuation on a card before? I don't know for sure, but I'd be surprised if we hadn't, especially like the more modern ones, because they kind of get into the story. Like there's probably some on the uh like the Warhammer thing. It probably there's almost certainly yeah, okay. something on Warhammer. It just struck me that there's an exclamation yeah, point on this. Yep. Yeah, it's weird. And it's it weird. Is weird to see. Um I mean, like, commas and whatnot, but like actually like yeah. periods or or uh exclamation marks, exclamation mark. Yeah. It's weird. Sorry, continue. Um well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, there's not a whole lot to say. It's got those two cards, Esper Sentinel and Fourth Aerolingus, um, and then Prismatic Endings and Swords, which I, we t- there was a very similar list to this last week. Yes. Um, I think it was like, we actually saw almost the exact list, a, a Jeskai list, and I think it was like 10th or whatever. I kind of was like, oh, that's a cool list. Um, and it's got one cast in the fire in the side, which we talked about last week. Uh, so there's not really a whole lot to say here other than it's Jeskai Delver. It's just one more Delver onto the Delver pile, yep. which we'll get to in the metagame summary. Uh, then we've got a blue-black list, which is a weird-ass reanimation, pseudo-reanimation list. So this is, it's a bunch of cards that all see play in other decks put together. Like, this to me is, so I see, like, blue-black mid-range, blue-black control with literally a reanimation target and... Four reanimates. Right. Like, like that's what I see here. So like Baleful Strix, Orcish Bowmasters, Snapcaster, Brazen Borrower, Grief. Eh. Grief's okay. It's okay. And then at one Atraxa. One like, so like I'm willing to go down on cards or meet you at card parity here, you know, and answer your stuff like, you know, uh, Drown in the Lock, Murderous Cut, shit like that. There's an Echo of Aeons in here. What the fuck is this deck? Well, the cool thing about Echo of Aeons you can put it in your graveyard with Entomb. Yeah, that's true. You do have the four Entomb, the four Reanimate. Yep. Well, the because the Entomb can get any card. It can get anything. So which just, I, Entomb, Echo. Easy to forget. Yeah. A yeah, lot this of people. weird. Because Entomb sees almost no play when it's getting anything other than a creature. And don't take my, I'm not like my uh, my quietness for disapproval. This is awesome. But this deck is weird. Yeah. So, not really sure how to categorize it. It's odd. It's weird seeing like, just these cards lumped together. I don't together. know if I can even call it mid-range, because there's not much removal. There's one Fatal Push, there's one Drown in the Lock, and there's one Murderous Cut. Like, there's there's more counter spells than there are removal spells. Yeah, it's You have eight cards dedicated to your reanimation package, and you have one reanimation target worth getting. And here's the other thing. You don't have that many cards to get off of Atraxa. That, I was going to say that myself. Like this falls into that, like with elves where it's like, do you really want to be running a Traxa and elves when yeah. you're going to get three or four cards? Yeah. Like at most. Yeah. So you can get a creature, you can get a planeswalker, you can get a land, you can get an instant or sorcery. Yeah. At most you could get five and that's with two Narsets in the deck. So realistically a like 90% of the time it's going to be four at most. Yeah. You may get lucky and get five. Most of the time you're getting two or three. Yeah, you're gonna have or or the equivalent of like you're gonna get like two or th- two real cards. Yeah, you're gonna get a land and a, and a useless instant and a relevant sorcery and a shitty creature. Yeah, like ugh. So I don't know that it's 
This is just a really odd list. It does have, in its defense, one hole breacher in the side. So you can do the hole breacher echo of Aeons list out of the side, which is cool. Has that position agent too. Yep. Which is a really good hate piece. Yes. Um, Did I tell you last week, I saw grief, that we, I remember when I shit on grief, or sorry, when I shit on the argument of like, oh, grief is just unmasked. And people were like, oh, well, you can't grief yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it doesn't fucking matter. It's amazing. I had it happen to me multiple times where I was like, fuck. I wish this was unmasked. I wish this was unmasked. <laughs> Yeah. Boy, well, you play enough games and that's going to matter. Not being able to grief yourself is relevant in Reanimator. Sorry, continue. Well, that I mean, just to kind of develop that point a little bit, we talk about that all the time. That's why we bring up weird corner cases yep. is when you play enough games, it does matter uh-huh. because eventually it's going to come up. And if you're a reasonable magic player, you're going to see the line and go, man, I wish that was a fucking unmask. Yep. Because if it was unmasked, I could win this game. But instead it's grief. So I got to figure out how to win with grief. Yep. So. It makes you wonder. I guess you only have one Atraxa, so like the odds that you're ever gonna have it stuck in your hand are pretty low. And you've got brainstorm. Or if you're playing progenitus, the odds that it's stuck in your hand are hundred percent. Well, you're not playing brainstorm. I know. <laughs> I guarantee if you put if you destroyed your elf deck to put brainstorm in it, you would never draw progenitus again. Oh, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really have much to say about this. Um it, it's weird. This is a weird deck to analyze. Um because like yeah, I for me to want to call it mid-range, I expect more removal, more interaction in general. This is a weird deck kind of split down the middle. But like, I mean, like you can kind of count Baleful Strix as removal. Yeah. Orcish Bowmasters is obviously phenomenal. We we know that already. A single Snapcaster Mage to buy back one of those. But like Fatal Push isn't even that great of a kill spell. Like Murderous Cut isn't either because it's five mana. I know that has Delve, but it's five mana. Mm-hmm. Like you got to get four cards in your graveyard to make it happen, which fights with your Snapcaster Mage. Anywho. So I like so f- I I want to give credit fire ten seven nine eight great username by the way, but like credit for taking a really weird looking deck and top eating a challenge with it, that's awesome. Sorry, a showcase challenge. Yeah, the the biggest thing because there's unless we're missing something, there's no like major obvious synergies here. The biggest thing that this screams to me is like, look how powerful blue is. Uh huh. Where it's like, well, we're still running the same brainstorm ponder, brainstorm, ponder force, force of will. will. Yep. Uh, package. Then we throw in, you know, some Orcish Bowmasters is still an excellent yep. card. Baleful Strix is a phenomenal card. Reef is a phenomenal card. Like, yeah. So it's just like, well, we just need to just be running good cards. We don't need a whole lot of synergy, and stuff will probably work out yeah. for. Yeah, blue black jund. <laughs> Correct. That's basically what it is. So, anywho, in rounding out our top eight in eighth place, we have Red Painter played by huge. Huge icon for me personally, Julian. Yep. Julian 23. So, the elf guy. The elf guy. So uh makes me sad. Now he's the goblin guy. Because uh we haven't seen elves basically I since know. expressive iteration was banned. Yep. Like it's fucking nowhere to the point where like Julian's now, like, nope, I'm out. I'm playing goblin. I will tell you. So I listen to his podcast quite often. He's been on Painter for a while. Yeah, they both have. He didn't leave goblins be- or he didn't leave elves because yeah. The meta shifted. He's just been on Painter for a while. Yeah. They've been, him and Callum have been pretty down to slam some Painter servants. And I get that. I guarantee you, if Elves was like top two deck in the format right now, he'd it's be playing the, Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Just, the, but the point still stands. There, You can you can have both. Yeah. It's like, I love Elves. I want to play Painter. Yep. But I guarantee you, if Elves was one of the best decks in the format right yeah, now and like, at a showcase challenge, yeah, he'd be he's here to win. Right. And he, I, Julian definitely made a conscious decision to be like, I'm going to play the better deck. Right. Like one of the things I like about listening to Julian's podcast, and you guys should listen to it, is 
like he's very much like when he's out to win for like, a large tournament, he's here to win. There's yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no like, well, this fun of card, this I want to be yep. interesting. I want the best deck with the best yeah. list. Yeah. Period. I want the highest upside deck with the best chance of winning this. And, you know, that this week was Painter. Yep. And he top eight it. So, which is pretty relevant. Yes. So, let's see if there's anything cool here or if it's just basically the normal Painter list. So, notable to me. Because I talked about it last week, how Callum was huge on the I'm cutting uh, Goblin Welder from my deck yep. because of Orcus Bowmasters. Julian still has it. God, Julian still has Goblin Welder. And Bowmasters are fucking everywhere. And Bowmasters are fucking everywhere. Uh, we've got the four uh, full four fables. Um, yeah, I mean, this looks like the same list we've been looking at the entire time. Yeah, I don't think anything. I know that they've been talking a little bit about dropping down to one grindstone in the main. They're still at two. Yeah. Which one grindstone in the main isn't um, that a ridiculous thing when you think about? It. We've got well, four got, Urza sagas. Yeah, and uh, if I remember correctly, you can grab it with Goblin Engineer too. You also can put it in the graveyard then, with Engineer. Yeah, and even if they exile from the graveyard, you still have Karn to go get it from exile. Yeah, so like I can see having two because Lots of shit happens, but like you already have effectively nine copies of it. Yeah. in your deck, so making a tenth with <laughs> the second one is good. Anything Interesting line you can take. Let's say hypothetically it gets put in your graveyard and you can't get it back out. You can Karn, go get Tormod's Crypt, exile your graveyard, crypt yourself, and then, and then Karn it. it. Yeah. Like, I mean, narrow, Again, but it's a line. We're talking about lines. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really think there's a ton to say. And no, we're kind of going long on Legacy. Nothing really going on in here. This is a nice standard boring list. Outside of the fact that Goblin says you surfed elves once again. There was a the one time that I reanimated someone's Goblin Welder. Yes, you did. And I kept flickering out their lands for their lotus petals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was amazing. That was one of the most fun games I've ever played. <laughs> All right. So that's our top eight. Going over to the metagame summary. So, like I said, this is a little deceptive and still doesn't look good, even though it's deceptive. Uh-huh. So other is 31%. So 10 of the top 32 are listed as other. We know of at least one of those is a Delver build. Yep. There's probably more. I'm not going to dig through the whole top 32. Then Grixis tempo is five. Yep, which is fifteen and a half percent. Fifteen and a half percent. So Delver is back. It is in a very real way because it was about fifteen and a half percent last week too, wasn't it? Uh, I, ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was in that twelve to sixteen percent. It 60%. was basically the the largest minority. Yeah. Um. Then we got Painter with four, Death Shadow with two, both of which made the top eight. Yep. Eight cast, which eight cast was like going really well for like the past. Several weeks, yep, and only one in the top thirty-two is kind of unusual. So that's notable. Uh-huh. Um, then we've got a bunch of one-ofs. So we've got eight cast, just guy control, mono red prison. Uh, notice there's not a whole lot of initiative going around here. Uh-uh. Um, everybody's playing with the new hotness. Whether yeah. that's justified or not, I don't know. But everyone's playing with the new hotness. Uh, reanimator, ninjas, lands, stuff like that. Yep. So, so realistically, if you if you pull the delvers, which I'm not necessarily in favor of, but hypothetically. You've got one for is it Delver, five Grixis Delvers, that's six, at least a Jeskai Delver, that's seven. Right. So we're looking at 20-ish percent on confirmed Delver lists. Three, well, each one of them is 3% plus change, yeah. so you're talking about 21%, probably yeah. closer to 22. Yep. And, and this possibly missed one in here, another Delver-ish yeah, list. It but. would not surprise me at all if there was another one in here. Uh, I just don't want to dig through them all. We're already going long in Legacy. Yep. Uh, most played cards. Force of Will, Brainstorm, Ponder. So, That's our, back. <laughs> so we're coming up on 100 episodes. <laughs> I know. 
No, I know. Here's what we should do. Full 32 deck breakdown. Oh, that's fucking horrible. <laughs> we're going to go through Legacy and Modern, and we're going to look at every single recorded deck for the challenge that week. Well, let me know how that goes. <laughs> I'll listen to Ooh, it. Oh, boy. It's going to come. It's so probably going to fucking long, dude. We're going to have to miss a week. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> it'll take a week to to record it. Mm-hmm. It'll take it'll be twenty gigs of audio files yeah. for our eight hour podcast that nobody will listen to. <laughs> like what the fuck are these guys thinking? <laughs> oh shit! I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah. Anywho, so most played cards: Force of Will, Brainstorm, Ponder. Sixty six percent. We're back up to sixty six percent for Force of Will. Fifty three percent for Brainstorm. Fifty percent for Ponder. And then. This is the first time in a long time that a creature has topped the top five most played cards. Yeah. Orcish Bowmaster, 44%. It's yeah. almost played as much as Ponder. That's fucking nuts. That's too much. It's the fourth most played card Actually, in the top It's 32. a lot. It is It's a only lot. week two. Here's the thing, though, and I like this is really relevant to me. Let me go find one. Let me get a... Oh, fuck. Of course I did that. Of course I would do that. Got the window. Me. Yeah. yeah. Um, give me 10 seconds, guys. I want to see, and I don't want Matt to steal my thunder here, so I'm going to do it myself. Those cards are $180 for a playset, or on MTGO, 170 tickets. And that is something I would consider prohibitive. Yeah. For week two. So what I'm getting at is, I'm not even, I'm not saying we've even maxed out Orcus Bowmasters. Because when a, when a playset of a brand new card that has been in existence for two weeks costs $170, one, there's it's hard to be able to buy them. Two, it's hard to be able to rent them. And three, they aren't even always available for rent. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen with relatively new expensive cards, especially like something like this. The Sunday challenge shows up, and guess what? Everyone with the rental service rents four bowmasters. Yep. And they run out. Yep. And it's so like there's a non zero number of people who probably mm-hmm. tried to play bowmaster in this tournament and couldn't. Yep. Like that's not a, that wouldn't be unheard of. Yeah, there's been a lot. There's there are there are decks that trimmed on Bowmasters because they they can only run they can only get two or they can't afford them or they yeah whatever yeah. And the uh, the other thing that's going to drive everybody nuts about this card is it's good against itself. Yeah. So it's just going to be fucking everywhere. Yep. Because it's a relatively decent answer. You know to what itself? kills a Bowmasters really well? A Bowmaster. A Bowmaster. Hooray! Great card design. Well, I'm glad we had what two months. Yeah, <laughs> we had a couple had two months, months of, before fucking like, wizards. Just every week we're like, Legacy's great. I'm so happy. I'm gonna turn my rental service back on. I've loved playing Legacy. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's that's before. And I haven't even brought this up, but everybody who's been listening for a long time knows my feelings about the universe is beyond stuff. That's before any of that uh-huh, yeah. is even taken into account. Just, let's just pretend this was a standard set. <laughs> right. <laughs> also some it's also an a universe is beyond orcish bowmasters could be in any magic set it's an orc it's not gandalf it's not fucking gandalf frodo didn't the one ring Uh uh-huh that's for modern (laughs) so uh rounding out the top five most played cards surgical extraction next yep top creatures any guesses um that drc card's pretty good murktide's usually up there delver definitely took a hit this week so probably orcish bowmasters so we've got orcish bowmasters 44 (laughs) percent yeah drc 25 25 (laughs) percent murktide regent 31 percent delver of secrets 25 percent so right there's our answer murktide that means eight decks have drc murktide regent 
is the card that we have, the creature we have complained about the most for a year, about how this card is ridiculously designed, and there it is in 10% less decks than Orcus Boatmasters. And fewer copies as well. And fewer is, copies, that by is a lot. Relevant. Right. So. That's awesome. Hooray. Literally 50% more copies. Yeah. So, cool. Uh, so we've got Bowmaster, DRC, Merktide, Delver, and then Plague Engineer. Yay. Like, Plague Engineer has to be in there just to name Orc at this point, because it yeah. does get both. Like, it just has to. Yep, and it does keep your, it does, your Orc Bowmaster's dead on arrival. And it doesn't die to a Bowmaster. Oh, that's a good point, too, yeah. So, like... Because the trigger happens no matter what. Yes. You could So you could at least throw a Bowmaster out there to, yep. like... To kill a 1-1. One, one, to kill a 1-1. One, one. One. And I think your token would stay, because it would die. The The... Plague Engineer would die. Like, mm. if, if, if Plague Engineer was a 1-1. One, one if it was a 1-1, one, one, yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, if it was a 1-1, one, one, you could throw the Bowmaster out because yeah, the, the they ETB resolve, trigger... They resol it resolves all at once, and but at the end of the resolution, the Plague Engineer is dead. I think that's how that would work. I think. I also think. But I'm not 100% sure. It might, Someone to be honest, it could also kill it because it would check at the same time. But it's also not a 1-1. One, one. Right. Yeah, I know. This is all just stupid yeah. hypotheticals. That's why it's seeing play is because none of this stuff actually does. It doesn't, it doesn't even actually because matter. Because Plague Engineer is another stupid fucking card. Three mana two two with Death Touch that kills one ones. Right. Or X ones, I should say. But at least it's this is black. At least it's black. Um, and then top spells, same okay. thing. We we replace Bowmasters with Days. It, uh, everything just shifts up. The <laughs> it's okay. Black is a long way away from hitting the critical mass of enough cards to be good. It's fucking getting there. <laughs> it sure is. You, you think? Black deck, black deck, black deck, black deck, black deck. Chess guy, black deck. <laughs> that is awesome. I'm sorry. We're just, I'm thinking, and I'm I just say, like. Are, are you going to kick me over to modern soon? No, I, well, gonna... what I was thinking about, I'm sitting here going, I wouldn't hate, because I. the fact of the matter is, I like the fact that it punishes blue decks. I wish it was like double black. Yeah. Hard like, to splash. Right, because that's the problem, and it keeps happening, is a lot of these cards that could be useful in other decks, like they just get adopted I mean, look at, straight into what blue. If, what if Bowmaster was black black? That's what I mean. Oh, I thought you, I'm sorry. I thought you meant uh, Plague Engineer. No, fuck that card. That shouldn't exist at any mana cost. <laughs> okay, okay, Bowmaster, sorry. Like, Bowmaster, yeah. in my opinion, and one of the reasons why it's so good is it punishes Brainstorm. Yeah. I'm all on board with that. Yeah. I'd fucking love it. Yep. Or like if it costs green black. Yeah. So like I could Green Sun Zenith out a fucking uh -huh. Bowmaster. Yep. Like you know, obviously you want to get the Flash to gotcha them, but like but as just a, yeah, just like just having it's good. Like that'd be a fantastic card. But it's not. It's well, it's, it's the uh, it's the Deathrite Shaman problem. Like in a world where Deathrite Shaman only costs green, it'd probably been fine. Right. But it costs one black. Right. And so you can cast it off Underground Sea. Un if Underground Sea can cast it, there's a problem. Right. And same fucking thing. I say, like, if Underground Sea Wasteland Wasteland can cast it, there's a problem. Right. And Underground Sea Wasteland can cast Bowmasters. Yeah. So, I don't know. I was just because, like, I actually really like the design. Uh -huh. And it, to me, if it was, if it cost different colors and it wasn't as splashable, it feels like a legacy power level card without overpowering it. Uh -huh. Because, like, if, like, Brainstorm's one of the best cards printed yep. that's legal outside of, like, the Power Nine and stupid shit like that. You need a good card to answer it, and currently there isn't one. Yep. But Brainstorm just plays it because you can still just cast it. You can and it's just, just really frustrating that it keeps working out like that. Yep. The Delver just gets a new toy. 
we'll see. Oh, if, we'll see if the meta can adjust to fix it, or if we just suffer under a shitty format. Is it, is, well, this it's not shitty yet. They, they went to one band a year. <laughs> yeah. Right after this fucking set was released, so we're yeah. just fucked. Well, we have a month. If it doesn't get banned in the first month for an emergency ban, that fucking never happens in legacy. Yeah. I mean, it was un- it took underworld breach levels to do that. <laughs> yeah. And there hasn't been happened recently before that or since. Yeah. As and Orcish Bowmasters is not that. No. It's not Underworld Breach. So, anywho, let's talk about Modern for a minute. Go ahead. So let's bump on over to Modern. In first place for our Modern Challenge. I believe we only have a challenge this week. Uh, we got Four Color Omnath. Um, now, the... Real quick. Piloted by Mick Winsauce. Piloted by Mick Winsauce. Um, now, this one isn't too crazy. Just look at the list. I haven't looked at the lists themselves. Um, I've heard a lot of hullabaloo about how like four color omnath just fucking trashed modern this weekend i am guessing pull up the saturday challenge if you got a second because i'm guessing it's a saturday challenge because i don't see yeah um, the saturday's first second third or omnath okay so and the reason behind that is 100 the one ring because and then a shit ton of living end holy shit so <laughs> just to answer the question real quick we don't have to go over anything but living end five of the top 32 omnath five of the top 32 on, on, saturday. on saturday okay so on Sunday, we don't have that. It's it's a lot more diverse in the top eight for sure and a decent bit more diverse in the top 32. But the reason behind that one for sure is the one ring because um, Omnath decks in general, four color Omnath decks in general, just cannot, you can't outgrind them. They're just, there's too much good stuff. There's too much value. And then you put the one ring on there and it was just like this big old fat ice or cherry on the cake. Well, of like, like Imagine if Omnath just read, it was four colorless. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing also, I didn't think about it until I heard someone say it, where it's like, boy, it sure is convenient that the one ring costs four mana, yeah, and, and Omnath so makes four mana. Mm-hmm. You can cast your Omnath, play a fetch land, and cast the one ring. Yeah. And, so remember when I told you, when I was watching some alchemy streams and some, um, some, some modern streams or whatever, but like, the decks that I saw that just went like, absurdly crazy with the one ring were the ones that could gain life, because yeah. then there's just no downside. Yeah. It's like, boy, be cool if you gained four life a turn. Yep. So, first place, Mick Winsauce <laughs> with four color on them. He didn't win on Saturday, did he? I didn't look and see who. Won. See if he see if he yep. placed on Saturday in the top. Like, no, uh, he he did not top eight Saturday. Okay, that's fine. So we have um, so four color Omnath uh, picking up Kahira this time instead of uh, Yorion. Yep, that's his band. Well, you gotta have you gotta have a companion. There's I mean, no reason fucking not to when the cost is so low. So you've got two Omnaths, four Solitude. So the creature suite of four-color Omnath has been trimmed down quite a bit. These are used to be kind of like similar to green sun piles. Obviously, there's no green sun, but there's a lot of, lot of Well, when value. we would talk about it, like, it used to be the distinction between Elementals and Omnath was like five creatures. Because yes. they both had like 50. They like had so many. And it was an 80-card deck. Yeah. But they had so many creatures. Now we're down to six. Two Omnath, four Solitude. The, downs, the, the, the flip side of that is you can only run six creatures when you draw 30 cards a game. Yeah. Uh, seven Planeswalkers. So three Ren and six, four Teferi Time Raveler. Because there's no way you're giving up Ren. Nope. Um, Prismatic Ending, Counterspell, Force of Negation, Supreme Verdict. So very reactive in the spell suite. Make the game go long. Make the game go long. Chalice of the Void to not lose the Living End. (laughs) That's how bad Living End is in Modern. Main deck Chalice. Main deck Chalice. And and in fairness, main deck Chalice on one is pretty good in Modern in a lot of situations. And it does nothing to you. And four, the One Ring. That card is fucking bonkers in modern right now. Uh, a couple of dress downs and leyland bindings as well, and a mana, and a, a mana base to support 
Leyline Binding. Two triumphs. Yep. And, and you do have, I mean, you are a full four-color deck. Like yeah. You're trying to cast Omnath. You do have uh, Ren and Six, so you want to get red and green early, white and blue, obviously, for the rest of your... I mean, this is basically blue-white control. With, with red for a couple cards. With red for Ren and Six and green for Omnath. I mean, it's almost exactly blue-white control, actually. Yeah, the lists are very similar. You pick up Omnath to go with the Kahira that you already have because it's an elemental, and you've got... Uh, all the same removal, like board wipes and all, and you just grab a couple extra. You, you already had the triomes for mm-hmm. the leyline bindings. Now you just go. You probably you probably change the. Um, I would be surprised like sacred founders and whatnot. Some more. Yeah, the lands would change. Some more shockable uh, green and red, so that you can get ren and six on turn two. But yeah, and then the sideboard, uh, third chalice in the sideboard. Yeah, well, living in's a real thing, living especially because this is a well, Sunday one. Everyone gets to see what happened on Saturday. Yeah. So third chalice and third supreme verdict in the sideboard, mm-hmm. like that's and a couple Dovin vetoes, um, Vela Summer for uh, for scam and for living end, for sure. So yeah, definitely, definitely a meta call on this on this sideboard. But yeah, I think it's pretty cool to see blue white control, which was already like a high value deck, and just smash in the two most high value cards you can get: Omnath and the One Ring. <laughs> Now I've told Matt, I've told everyone else. So this I, I I had it dawned upon me just how freaking good the one ring was. And everybody said that once. We're like, man, that card's great. I was watching Aspiring Spike play. And I told you this. And I was, but it really hit me when he was playing just straight up blue white control with the one ring in it. And there were two epiphany moments. One of them was in one game, it was turn seven or eight. His opponent had one card in hand. He had nine cards in hand. And I was like, oh, cool. This like concede, bud. Game's over. There's no chance you win. The, like the board, the field is empty. I have nine cards. And the second one was I watched him go like turn two, uh, pitch cast force negation, turn three, pitch cast uh, solitude, turn four, play the one ring, skip his opponent's next turn, and then draw. So draw a card and then draw three cards and and be up on cards for the game where he has gone down. He's two for one himself twice and in one turn almost one turn cycle and you didn't get to attack anyway so you can't out- have to like that's the big re- thing you can't it's very difficult to outrace the ring yeah he's art he's re- he's recouped all of his lost cards plus one and i was like holy shit he could pitch cast twice and then and be ahead of his opponent on cards and then if he doesn't die that turn he's gonna get now he just, draws three more cards yeah, now he's up four and this game's basically done yeah it he's up four anymore. fucking cards in a in a in a uh, control deck. So, so like uh, upon me, it dawned twice that like this card is bonkers. And so like, it's funny. So uh, Spike does like uh deck techs where you can spend like 10 bucks. You don't 10 bucks. You did deck tech. And I watched him multiple times, open it and go, there's not four rings refund him. <laughs> or like, like there's not four rings in this list. And he'd close it and be like, I don't want to see a list. That doesn't have four rings in it. To me, what this card actually is starting to remind me of is like Yogmoth's bargain where it's just like just drawing that many cards or like uh necropotence yeah it's closer to that than it is because the initial thing is like okay well it's you know it's pseudo slow card advantage so Uh you're looking at it like some like bob or like phyrexian arena or something like that it's not it's necropotence it's dogma's bargain and those are two of the most broken cards ever printed yeah like there's a reason they're banned in pretty much everything because I mean, fuck, Yogamoth's bargain is banned in EDH. Yep. 
because you just you cannot give you can't have that kind of access to card advantage like that. Well, yeah, just the the idea that I'm going to at one point in time tap this and draw four cards mm-hmm. is fucking ludicrous. Yep. And again, don't forget, like I had watched it multiple times playing a control deck. So you do play a little differently. You can serve your life total a little yeah. more. But like he get down to like five life and he has five burden counters. He'd be like, OK, I'll play my second one ring. Yeah. Now we're square. Now we're square. I had protection again. And like, oh, and don't worry, I found two solitudes I can cast to start getting life again. Yeah. I mean, like, holy shit. I actually really. So the one it's kind of funny. He took to fairy out the five fairy. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the most like cost prohibitive card keeping me out. So I kind of really want to play the deck, but it runs four rings. Yeah. <laughs> Which is another cost prohibitive card. Quite a bit more than to fairy, actually. Yep. <laughs> um, and Leyland Binding are still 10 bucks a piece, of course. But. Yeah, it looks like a really fun deck to play, but those were where it just like hit me like, God damn, that card is good. That's, that's when I started, like, I kind of played with the idea of putting it in Blue Eye Control and Legacy. Um, I, think I, I don't think I talked about it on the podcast where, so like in my Blue Eye Control list or Jeskai Control, depending, which I haven't been playing much anyway, but like I just find myself all the time running out of cards. That's what the deck does. You're going to be two for winning yourself with Force of Wills and whatnot. You're going to be, you know, aggressively cantripping and trying to find specific answers and yada, yada. And like you just run out of cards. And while there are some, there's plenty of people that are better than me, cut and dry, and they can handle it. I, I'm just not good enough at magic to bring the game home from those often positions of card disadvantage. Or we get into a top deck war where you and I are just top decking and your threats are better than my answers in a top deck. Like if I don't hit brainstorm or ponder, I'm just going to, you know, I, the cards today are too good. For me being in a control deck to feel comfortable in a top deck war against anybody mm-hmm. because you're not slamming a Delver. You're slamming a game winning threat. Well, in my blue white control deck, I plan on winning with Jace or the Wandering Emperor pretty exclusively. Sometimes Monastery Mentor, but Jace or the Wandering Emperor. Now, conveniently, both of those cards cost four. So I could take them out. And if I could find some other four drop to take the slot... And then provide me with oogles of card advantage. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I kind of want the one ring to not be $65 a piece. So like, or a hundred tickets to rent so that I can play with it and try it out. That's the, the big comparison to me. There is the staff versus the ring. One of those two cards is going to, and like see play in those decks. Yeah. Because I, you're absolutely correct that having some sort of card advantage engine like that, which for a while was just express federation. Yep. So Did a that was good job. nice and easy, um, and it was good enough. Yep. It's like you, it's usually you just need to get like you don't necessarily need to go like massively up on cards. You need to recoup some of the loss yep. from like force wills and shit. And expressive iteration does that very cleanly. It allows you to force when you need to and still keep a, yep. a parity with your opponent's yep. hand. Staff is really good. The ring is really good. I'm curious to see yep. which one pans out to be the, like the best. The list I'm thinking about like trying to build like i want to do four force of will four force negation because why don't you do four force of will and four force negation matt yeah, it's the card advantage we uh, you cannot go that you cannot go that down that many cards reliably in a game you sure as shit can if i can spend four mana to draw three or four cards yep like if again if i can go turn two force uh, ideally force negation turn three force of negation turn four one ring force of will that's okay I'm good. I have one, I have two cards in hand. If you can't, you can't kill me next turn for sure. If you can't kill me the turn after that, I'm back up to six. Yep. Fuck you, bitches. Yep. Like, oh, that'd be so awesome. Uh, well, there's your deck, your list. Four, you should, four, four. You ring, should buy four, me four, four of the one rings, Matt. Uh, no. 
Fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to second place with uh, it's I. <laughs> so didn't generic Ragavan wasn't generic Ragavan our Underworld Breach Granny Station deck? Or do they not run grinding station? They didn't run grinding station. Gotcha. Yeah. Generic Ragavan was just the Underworld Breach value deck. Yes. That's what they called it. Okay. It was generic Ragavan. Okay. And then and then Grinding Station is the generic Ragavan deck with Thassa's Oracle and Grinding Station in it. Yeah. And the One Ring. <laughs> yep. Now it's only got two of the One Rings. Um, arguable whether or not. I, like. Well, when you can chuck them into the graveyard and put them back into play, that's having true. two <laughs> feels a lot like having four. I, I will say that Aspiring Spike is basically my litmus test, or he's my, like, I, I hang on a lot of what he says. The dude plays modern eight hours a day and he's very good. So like, and he's very much on the, like, Do you ever play in challenges? And yeah. All the time. What's it? Is it just, we, how can we never see him? He usually doesn't play meta decks. So one of the things I think that spike is the most known for is brewing. Mm-hmm. And that's not always like brewing. A, it does. He does brew brand new decks, but not always brewing a brand new deck, but like weaking how, stuff. How can we make John different? How can we make blue white control different? How can we make, or, or, you know, what can we do with Dice Factory? Or is this... So, I don't think he plays meta decks very often. The last time... And I don't mean this like... I don't... I We haven't seen him in the top eight, obviously. But, like, for example, when he brewed up uh, the original Archon of Cruelty reanimator package, I think he won the challenge right after that. Like, he brewed mm-hmm. it up on, like, Wednesday and then top eight it or won the next Saturday challenge. Gotcha. It is also possible. I didn't think about it. I don't know what challenge he plays in. He might just play in Saturdays. Gotcha. That's always possible. Um, so I'm not trying to take anything away from Aspiring Spike. Maybe he does top eight or top 16 all the time, and we just don't see him because he's on Saturdays, or he doesn't play him as much, or he plays mostly Brews. Yeah, or he or some, sucks. Uh, it's not that, I promise. <laughs> I know. But, yeah, he's my test of, like, and he's very much on, like, again, there are some decks that don't need four rings, uh, and he recognizes that. But if you aren't, it's like, like if you're on a very good reason you're not running the one ring, four. And the problem is, like, the one ring, it it completely combats the argument of, like, well, I just want to draw one or two. No, you don't. Nope. No, you want to draw one every single game, and you want to draw the second one every single game. You always want to draw two. Yep, because it kills itself, and now you're... Yes. It, it allows you to drop the ring, so to speak. Yes. When you have the one ring, and you can tick it up to three, to four, to five. I mean, once you've drawn five cards, that's five, nine, 12, 14, 15 cards. The odds are you have drawn another one and you can kill that one easily. And that 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 is the line with the one ring. So four. Find room for four. That's where I am with it. Or just cheat them into play. Well, you can't cheat. Well, you can. It is important to remember you don't get the protection if you cheat it into play. And that is very relevant. Um, you can very easily lose the game by cheating a one ring into play, banking on that protection, and then not getting it. But I think I I think. That if well, let me ask what you think too, it definitely be worse. But how much worse? How much worse would the run ring, the one ring, be if it was the exact same, but you did not get pro everything? If you had to literally take off turn four and do nothing except draw a card, right? It's, I mean, we it's might obviously be, very much worse. It, I'll be honest, it might be unplayable. It definitely wouldn't be widespread playable, right? Um, it would be like it would be a control. It'd be a control card you play on turn six, right? The uh. Um, the interesting thing to me is just being able to, that's a different question when you're cheating it in. So like not getting the protection, but also not taking off turn four is to me a different thing Yeah, because you're not paying the four anyways. You're just going to pop it in. All right. I guess it's, I guess 
So Emery actually makes you cast it. No, there's no, there's no like, yeah, in there's, this no thing. Like, there's like, you can get it back and getting yeah. it back has value for sure. But you still have to pay. You still have to pay for it. But to be fair, this is also a combo deck as well. So like, it's I, not quite as important. So I'm thinking of something like, and it's a little more playable like Commander, something like War of Invention or um, like in the older formats, like Tinker or uh, there's plenty of cards that like return like, or flickering it. Well, for just, example, I mean, legacy, you're talking about Goblin Welder. Yeah, goblin, yeah, weldering it back in. Like, you don't get protection. You can cheat into play, but you don't get protection. And that, that to me, is the trade-off. Like, I wouldn't be doing it. Like, I wouldn't play it. I haven't, I have never, I've never cast one, so I don't know. I haven't either, in fairness. I don't think it's good enough casting it and paying full price without the protection. Yeah. I think you're 100% correct there. Yeah. Not paying for it at all and not getting the protection, I think, is worthwhile. So we'd still because you still get to take your turn four. We'd basically. probably have some decks that are so like built with welder if you're cheating it around. Yeah, but if that's even possible in modern, I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't think what it, degree you can. Like, I don't think it really is. Not easily. Yeah, there are. And I don't think it's to me. I don't think it's worth building your whole deck around cheating it out and play. Yeah, at it, that point you just play Omnath and cast it. Especially if you are not going to be getting protection. So, but yeah, um, I full four. Anyway, so Grinding Station, uh, Ledger Shredder, One Thassa's, the Four Emery's, Ragavan, of course. Your couple counter spells, a lot of removal spells, uh, some card advantage. The uh, the the spell suite that goes with the Grinding Station and Underworld Breach to to win the game, and that's pretty much the deck. I mean, the idea of Ragavan in the ring is also just really gross. Like dropping a Ragavan on turn one, doming them, ringing, and then ringing on having that extra. So Dude, you, you could ring on turn. No, you ring on turn you can, three. You can ring on turn, turn three, three, but like ringing on turn three is huge too. Yeah, it is. Now the protection doesn't get you quite as far. Yep. Because turn four, turn three is just not as lethal yeah, as turn but, four. But you get to go into but, turn four with three extra cards in your right, hand. Right. That's like, a huge <laughs> upgrade. I would much rather get to start turn four with three extra cards than to skip your turn four. Like right. I'll answer whatever you're fucking doing or I'll win. Correct. So like that's just gross. And then as far as the sideboard... Nothing interesting in the sideboard beyond another one. Oh, this is what this is what we saw last week, wasn't it? Yeah, the Stone, Stone of Eric. Eric. Yeah. yeah, we saw that. We saw that. that's a graveyard hate, isn't it? If a creature would die, exile, exile instead, and then you can sack it to exile a graveyard and draw a card. Yeah. Yep. Um, in my opinion, kind of bad graveyard hate, but it is. It's like, I, so it's like, oh, it's good against scam. No, it's not. Two mana. It's not good against scam. It's called scam for a reason. They scam on turn one. Oh, if you're on the play. Because it only costs one to cast it. Oh, those two. No. Oh, it's two to activate. Yeah, it's two to act. So getting their whole graveyards too. Sorry. So you go turn one. Sorry, guys. I thought I thought it was two to cast. Nope. You're fine. It's one is an okay. One one is a fine number. Yeah. One Um, is fast enough. That on turn one on the play you can cast it. Yep. And they do not get to scam you. One is enough. I'm sorry, everybody. Anyway, moving on. Um, we are long one. Yeah, it's uh, record time. We're at two hours. Just so you guys know, we always cut a lot of silence out, but we're already recording. We're probably like an hour and 45 minutes, hour and 50 minutes. So third place with the uh, Demonic Tutors, actually another phenomenal, well-known magic player. We've got Yawgmoth combo. Uh, this is the list we saw last week that had the most new cards. So we've got uh, Delighted Halfling again, yep. Orcish Bowmasters again. The One Ring. We did not have the One Ring last week, I do not believe. Because why... <laughs> Like you said, <laughs> why aren't you running rings? Yep. That is a question. Like like Ragavan, you need to ask yourself an important question. Why am I not running this card? And if you don't have a great answer, four. 
and well, in this deck, the de- the card's going to consistently come down on turn three. You got eight oh, doors. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! Like, what are the odds you ever don't have three man or four mana on turn turn three? Unless they had double fatal push, right. which so, is yeah. which is a weird position to be in because most of the time when you're running like a Lana War Elf, what you want is an explosive turn two. Uh huh. Like it's kind of almost obviously it's not good if your stuff dies, but like it's. It's interesting that instead of trying to accelerate into a three drop or cast multiple one drops, you're accelerating into a four drop. So if your first uh, dork dies, you can still just drop it on turn two and you're still accomplishing the same overall game plan. And at that point, you're like, oh, cool. We traded one for one. You I played an elf. You played a lightning bolt. You you have not moved my plan back substantially. Yeah. So you wait. I mean, waste is a strong word, but you 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 use your turn to do almost nothing. Um, beyond that, so beyond those, you know, 11 brand new cards, uh, four, four, and three, nothing really new. Um, you know, yeah, aside from a fifth of the deck, the, the list was pretty locked in. So the one ring, and this, this is actually interesting, I guess, because the deck is pretty much the same, except the one ring took, um, what's that Eldritch card? The one green, green, uh, quarter or not quarter, not quarter calling. calling. We have quarter uh, calling. Eldritch. Evolution. Eldritch. 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 Whatever. Eldritch Evolution. And that's a very powerful combo piece. Um, the ability to, to jump up the mana value ladder by two and usually get Yawgmoth right away. Like, yeah, Wall of Roots into Yawgmoth. Yeah, Wall of Roots into Yawgmoth. Or pretty any big. of the other stuff. But. And so kind of a testament to how much oh, demonic fuck, I forgot. I forgot even... Like, you have 12 mana dorks that can cast the yeah. I forgot about Wall of Roots. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Um, but like... like how much demonic tutors values the one ring that he's taking a critical tutor out of his deck for the one ring just for raw card advantage into the sideboard. Uh, nothing interesting going on in here though. Pretty boring stuff. Yep. So in fourth place, uh Oh, we've got Grixis death shadow again, uh, with Gigantha on the side, three orcish bow masters along with the other four of we expect death shadow, Ragavan DRC two underworld breach. So we're on that like value plan, which I'm a big fan of like now. There's no uh, oh, so there, there, there's a so they do have one source of card draw, and if you've got card draw in your deck, like I, I, in my I'm in the same thing where if you've got card draw in your deck and you've got black mana or red mana, why aren't you running Underworld Breach? Because you probably should. If you have efficient card draw, but yeah. like or Lightning Bolt, if you just have Lightning Bolt, if all Underworld Breach is is turn six Lightning Bolt three times. Is, that's worth it to me. If like, you have an aggressive game plan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're not like Blue Eye Control or, you know, Jeskai Control. So, like, Underworld Breach is in that same vein of me where, with me where it's like, you need to have a good reason. If you've got the red mana and you've got Lightning Bolt or Mishra's Bobble, why aren't you running Underworld Breach again? Because you probably should think about it. Um, And then I'm nice expensive. They're like 12 bucks a piece. After that, there's nothing really going on in this main board um like except your generic grixis spell suite bolt thoughtsies drown in the lock expressive iteration stuff like that the so one of the things we haven't talked about although it seems really obvious but we haven't actually mentioned the fact that bowmasters is also really good against the one ring drawing oh, cards that's true <laughs> so that yeah, to me true. is like like we haven't seen death shadow like really in a long time and Grixis was for a long time the go to. Uh-huh. It's just like, well, you probably it looks like it was just short a card. Like we yep. need one more reason to be playing this deck. Yeah. And Bowmasters, if you're not going to be that, that's what I would I would put like asterisks 
if you're not playing the ring, play Bowmaster. Yeah, no shit. Because <laughs> if, well, if this becomes like the new meta card, yep. all of a sudden, because that's what we talked about, where Bowmasters wasn't that great in modern, good card, but not exceptional like yeah, it was in Legacy. No because no one's drawing a ton of cards. No one's drawing a ton of cards. Unless. Unless the one ring becomes the card to beat. Yes, that's true. That's very and true. And you have a two mana, pretty clean answer, because the nice thing about it is it attacks their life in the same way the one ring does. Yes. All of a sudden, paying well, two life a card is a lot. Yeah, that's the whole thing is like, you know, we, we know, we know from experience in Magic, one life a card isn't enough. No. That's, you can you can one life a card yourself for to a victory. Really, to, to one life. Very, very easily, easily to win. a victory. Yeah. Two life per card is definitely, definitely a lot closer to a problem. Here's another thing, Mitch. Orcish Bowmaster says target. You can hit yourself. Mm -hmm. You can like they can one ring draw four cards and, and you, you can, can dome yourself your... for four. Yeah. To bump both your death shadows. If you have two death shadows up by four each. Not the one, not the most common line, but very real. Where like if they're like, oh, I can, you know, their death shadows are four fours. I'm fine. I'm at 18 life or I'm at 15 life. I can handle eight damage. I'm going to one ring and like, actually, they're eight eights. Fuck you. So, yeah. Uh, sideboard is also pretty boring. Nothing going on there, really. Fifth place, we've got uh, our boy, the Scourge of Modern. Ban him. I remember listening to podcasts and people being bitchy about the fact that Amulet Titan is still a thing. Amulet Titan, the <laughs> the long-lost poster child of Modern, is showing up in, what did I say, fifth place? Oh, yeah, in fifth place for, the, for this week. Um, that being said, so no one ring... Which this deck is probably fast enough that the one ring doesn't matter too much. But like, I only say that if they tried it. Because if they haven't, because like, I just, to me, so this deck has great man acceleration, right? Great, great ramp, great ramp potential in the world, in the world where you can like turn one, you could uh, turn one amulet and then like turn two, play a bounce land, get two mana, uh, play a grazer, play a bounce land, get two mana play the ring and now you're going to be drawing a bunch of fucking cards every turn. And like, I, I don't know what deck in magic doesn't want five more cards in their hand. I think the big thing is this deck just does that. And then just wins for I mean, the most part. It does at six. Whereas this will start to do that at four. Yeah. But what are you cutting for the rings? Because the, if you actually look, there's not actually very many cards in this deck. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You got 34 lands. Yeah, you just don't know room that you're getting at. Basically, it boils down to what do you actually cut? Because you can't cut bigger or prime time. And you're right. This is like, we talk about like, is there a reason I'm not running the ring? And the, This is the reason. If you just win fast enough, yeah. like. The nice thing is this deck also doesn't give a fuck in general about the ring. No, so it doesn't. So it's not going to, it's not, it's it's kind of like show and tell where it's like, go ahead and draw some cards. I don't give a shit. Uh, 15, 15, Annihilator. Yeah. Six. Does my Emrakul. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to go to combat, please. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> So cool. You got a full grip and now you're dead. So yeah, this is like, I still, I still want to know, like, did we test it? Did we try? But, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a reasonable assumption that like, we just don't, this, this deck doesn't fit the ring. It obviously doesn't fit Bowmasters. Like Bowmasters is a way too slow, clunky card for something like this. We're here to win the game on turn three. When you can kind of tell too, if you just look at the sideboard, what it's trying to do is like at no point in this, with this list, is it trying to like get value or no. make the game go long? This is that reanimator list where it's like, I'm going to do a broken thing in game one and then games two and three are about forcing the broken thing. Yes. With like cavern of souls, swan song, force of vigor, stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. That being said, nothing really uh, exceptional going on in this main board. Three explore. Explore isn't uh 
isn't really standard anymore. I don't think in Titan we've they've um, because most of the time it's mana neutral. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that is relevant and probably brings those explorers black back in is we are on four Mycosynth Gardens, and so the uh, number of times you're going to have two to three amulets is a lot higher now. It's I mean it's twice as high. And so once you have your second or third, then explore gets pretty good. Now you're going positive on mana, positive on cards. Well, neutral on cards. Uh, next up, what is this? Tarmogoyf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so just black, green, orcish this bowmaster Tarmogoyf. Oh, and uh, the new three mana Glissa. Only one of them, but I do yep. like I do like three mana Glissa. Glissa and Nissa. How uh, how rhythmic. Yep. Um. So just just uh, black, green mid range. That's black green scam. Are they running scam cards and oh, undying they malice. Are. Yeah. What's this rushed rebirth card? Choose a creature card. When that creature dies this turn, search your library for a creature card with lesser mana value. Put it onto the battlefield tapped. Oh, uh, so there's a hex mage. Where is this? That does this have that silly fucking? Does it, it does not have the five mana um, battle for Alara. It's uh, got the invasion though. This is that. This is they're doing hex mage invasion. Oh, they're not doing invasion of Alara. They're it's doing Icoria. invasion of Ikoria. To just get the eight eight, dude. Yes, yes, they are. They are doing so. The way it works, in case anyone doesn't know, so invasion of Ikoria is, uh, what's that? Finale of devastation. So it's X green green to search your library for a non-human creature with mana value X or less, and then it has six whatever battle counters on it. Yeah, those counters are gone. You flip it into an eight eight with reach. And then uh, for each non-human you control, you may have that creature assign combat damage as though it weren't blocked. So your non-humans are thorn elementals. They get to attack and they get to deal damage no matter what. So if you invasion of Ikoria for four mana, two green green, you can go get a vampire hex mage, immediately sack the hex mage and flip your invasion of Ikora by removing Ikoria by removing all the counters. Yep. Yes. I was thinking of there's an invasion of Alara, the rainbow one, yeah. where you want to use <clears throat> Vampire Hex Mage to flip it as well. But yep. this one is a little more consistent. Yeah, you only have to run the one Hex Mage. The, the yes. ceiling isn't as high because it's just a. It's basically an 8-8. Eight, eight, yeah, it's an 8-8 eight, eight, cool. unblockable sort of. Yeah, and but, in, to be fair, in modern, there's not well, a whole lot that the 8-8's eight, not going to be bigger than. Again, it also, it does make like your endurance unblockable. It does your tar- your Tarmogwiff's unblockable. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's unchumpable, we'll say. Yes. So... Like those are real, and it also makes your orcish army unblock unchumpable. Yep. So, yeah, very very real. And then you have a, uh, you do have a complete faint. You, you actually have an improved undying package because you've got three undying malice, three feign death, and three rush rebirth. A two mana, sort of better, sort of worse undying, where you get to take the whatever died, yours or theirs, you get to get something with less. Mm-hmm. So now the cool thing is, if I'm reading this correctly, you can rust rebirth and feign death the same creature, right? Because it just put two triggers on it. Well, it's less. No, but oh, what, and you you'd get your sorry. creature back, and you'd get yeah. Your you could or like you could like grief feign death it and rust rebirth so that your grief dies. You get your grief back, and then you go get a, gl- a glissa into play. Yep. Yes, you can do that. You get the mana, so you can you can double again, up. We're on talking those. about like. That's a lot of shit going on. Yeah. But again, the ceiling is very, very, very high on those. It's, um, well, the reason I thought about it is like the feign deaths and the undying malice. You don't need to do that twice to the same creature. The rest rebirth is a scam effect. Yeah. That is actually functionally different than the undying. Yep. You so can't double up. You can double up and you only need one and grief in order to pull both of those cards so off. That, so, and that to me really explains the one haywire might. 
in my opinion, an arguably questionable card if you're not going to be running um, Saga. Saga, unless you want to be able to uh, rush Rebirth a two mana creature and get something. Yep. And you can and get all some of a value. Sudden, Haywire out of it. Might is now a like decent. that's obviously not what you want to do, but it turns a dead card into a Haywire Might. And Haywire Might has tons of synergies and values. Sometimes just eating a Urza Saga. Or what else? Um, and, uh, exile. Yeah, so it gets the ring. The one ring. Yep. Yep. You can one you can you can get a one ring with a Haywire Might. Um Orcish Bowmaster, Tarmogoyf, two Tarmogoyf. Endurance, Glissa Sunslayer, Glissa or Nissa, Resurgent Animist, and Grief. So we're gonna read Glissa Sunslayer, because this card is has not seen much play in modern. Much text for three mana. So one, a black and a green, three mana, three, three, a Phyrexian zombie elf. Has first strike and death touch. So pretty bonkers card already. Like that's already a three mana, three, three with first strike and death touch. Then whenever it deals combat damage to a player, choose one, which is probably gonna be doing a lot. You can draw a card and lose a life. That's pretty good. You can destroy target enchantment. Eh. Leyland binding is everywhere. Yeah. Or you can remove up to three counters from target permanent. So kill a planeswalker. Or frequently. Remove your counters from your one ring. Yep. Like if one ring only draws one card a turn. Now you're talking a bad Phyrexian Arena. That's a bad Phyrexian Arena. Like that's. Mm -hmm. I got fucking hosed on Monday playing Pioneer because a, a dude came in. He was playing Thing in the Ice. And Heartless Act. Mm -hmm. Heartless Act is one in a black. You can either destroy target creature with no counters on it or remove up to three counters from target creature. I just flipped his... I was not prepared for that. His flipped his thing in the ice? Oddly enough, though, it doesn't flip it right away because casting still... it drops it to three mm -hmm. and then you remove the counters. But it having you, zero counters doesn't trigger it. You still have to cast it. another spell yes. while it has zero counters. Yes. Yeah. But still, I was... Um, it's still really Wholly fucking... unprepared for that to flip right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, to wrap this deck up, um, uh, and two Grists in the main, obviously. So you do have like some cheeky Invasion of Ikoria and uh, Vampire Hexmage going on. Backing it up, you have a just good green-black green black scam list going on with some extra scam cards and some extra synergies. You do have the, uh, the two Nissa Resurgence, so your fetch lands are going to get you either. Nissa Resurgence is a $30 card. Yeah, it's fucking good. Well, it was, it's in that fake DLC set that nobody yeah. wants to fucking buy. Yep. Because it's a terrible value. Well, eventually, some people will buy it because you can yeah, eventually you can, you pull, can pull a $30, $30, card, $30 out. card out of it. Um, but, you, you know, so Nissa gets you, what, grief? Um, it doesn't get you, or actually, it does. So a Nissa with a, with a land, uh, a fetch land, gets you either a grief or a new Nissa or a Glissa or an endurance. Uh, does it get Tarmogoyf? No, because it's a, a Lurgoyf. Yep. So, yeah. But it gets you, it gets you some pretty... Some pretty big got good hits. Pretty big hits, yeah. Um, and then in the sideboard, we've got another Haywire Might, uh, Sheldred and Turok for some four mana spells, and then some just some generic hate, like you know, Chalice of the Void, Necromentia, Force of Vigor, stuff like that. Okay, we've got seventh place, blue white hammer time. And this is a pretty standard blue-white hammer time list at face value, being that we have reality chip and spell pierce for our blue cards in the main. And then to jump ahead a little bit, sideboard blue cards, spell pierce, Lavinia, and Orvar. Nothing new going on there. Main board for Ornithopters, obviously. Nothing crazy in the main, except we do still have one Forge Anew. Yep. Um, I was hoping we'd settle that. I was hoping that would settle around two. It feels like a two to me, but I don't play hammer time. So, obviously, I... You know, 
I, I bow to the people that know how the deck works. But yeah, one forge anew to go with the Sigarda's Aids. Uh, for what it's worth, your Stoneforge Mystic Package is going to include Colossus Hammer, Shadow Spear, and Cauldron Complete this time. I believe we used to run four Springleafs. So that Forge Anew, I think, took a Springleaf Drum slot. Sounds right. Not positive, I but I think, I think that's what memorized. it did. Which is kind of an interesting decision to add. That's So that's the most expensive card of the deck, and you removed a mana source for it. But Forge Anew is better late in the game. Yeah. Forge Anew is at its best when you already have a hammer dead. Or you already have one or two hammers stuck on the battlefield. So, you know, you don't you probably rarely want to forge a new on turn three. You want to forge a new on turn five and they've already answered you once or twice. Yeah, turn three you want to be getting shit going. Yeah. You want to be attacking with the hammer already equipped. Um and then the sideboard, other than a couple of blue spells, we do have one surge of salvation again, another card that we called as being very, very relevant to this deck as uh, either a one or two of in the sideboard. Uh, nothing else particularly interesting. Let's wrap things up with a Jeskai control list that, in my opinion, is already wrong. Ring. Huh? No ring. There's Well, there's two reasons why it's wrong, in my opinion. There's no Kahira. Yeah. So Jeskai control. You've got four there's solitude. There's no reason not to. Your only creatures is four solitude. Kahira is free, except for the 15th sideboard slot. So you're going to tell me that Kahira, a, which, again, like, if all Kahira ever does is make Solitude a one-for-one, one, I think it's worth it. Where you can go like, hey, I got nothing to do. I'm kind of in a reactive situation. I'm going to buy Kahira so that the Solitude in my hand, one, maybe you're turning it on. Maybe you don't have any other white cards. And two, it's just card neutral now. The biggest downside of the card is removed. So no Kahira. Uh, two of the three fairy. And then this is, do we have... That red card. So we don't have the red card to replace the fairy. So definitely low on Planeswalker count this time. And we don't have... What was that card again? Fire Flux? Flame, yeah, I don't remember. The flame one that Blitz. Kills. Yeah, Flame Blitz. Flame Blitz. Uh, your control package is, you know, tons of removal spells. Uh, Archmage's Charm, Supreme Verdict, Memory Deluge. Here's something interesting. And again, this is going to be relevant from, hey, you know what deck put five or six lists in the top eight or the top uh, 16 of Saturday Challenge? Two Hallowed Moonlight in the main. Mm -hmm. We are ready for Living End and Indomitable Creativity yeah. and Crashcade. <laughs> um, actually, and Urza Saga. Mm -hmm. So the card's obviously very good. And then when you're going to have, I mean, like, absolutely seems like the right call to me. If you're going to have Living End, just waffle stomp a Saturday challenge. We'll throw a couple on our main board. It cycles, worst case scenario, and it hits a lot of stuff. A couple Chalice in the main, obviously. Leyland Binding, Shark Typhoon, full four Shark Typhoon to bring the game home. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to kill him some way. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure that's paired with, so a Hall of Heliod's Generosity to make the Shark Typhoon go pseudo-infinite, and a Hall of Storm Giants. Uh, Leyland Binding, Dress Down, stuff like that. Sideboard, nothing too interesting except no Kahira. More counterspells like Dovin's Vetoes, uh, some very targeted removals like Dress Down, Celestial Purge, Wear and Tear, stuff like that. Nothing crazy interesting going on here, except, like I said, no one ring, which seems wrong. There's room. I guarantee there's room. Well, there's memory deluge. Yeah. Like, it's I, one ring is probably a better memory deluge. And two, no Kihira, which also seems wrong to me. But that does wrap up. About the only thing I would say is I could see not running Kihira if you were running the ring. Because at that point, the card probably matters less 
the raw card probably matters less than having access to an additional cardboard slot or Possibly. sideboard slot. I could see that argument being made. Yeah, I see. Where, like saying. you're going to be so far ahead on cards, yeah. it doesn't matter. Whereas so like full. I want to be able to draw good sideboard cards. Yeah, that's true. I but, can see that. But, but he's running neither, so it doesn't fucking running, matter. If you're running neither, yeah. <laughs> so metagame summary: Rakdos scam, fifteen and a half percent with five decks, and none in the top eight, and none of the top eight. Living end with nine and a half percent, three decks, and none of the top eight. And then Death Shadow and Domino Creativity, both with three. Interestingly enough, um, you know, Hallowed Moonlight hits Rakdos midrange pretty good, hits Living End pretty good, hits Domino Creativity pretty good. Uh, then you actually have Burn, Hammer Time, Murktide Regent, and Omnath, and Yogmoth. sorry, bringing up uh, six, 6% each, two decks each, and then a little stack of one-ofs, Domain Zoo, Metal Black Coffers, Grinding Station, stuff like that. Burn adopted DRC and Mishra's Bobble. Makes sense, but it's unusual. Yeah, it's not the uh, get them dead strategy yeah, we're used to seeing. It's not the Goblin Guide or Swiss Spears. It's, Boros I mean, it still has them, but it's now have 12 creatures. It's gone up to... Which yeah. kind of... To me, I can kind of get behind that because your fifth best lightning bolt is probably worse than DRC. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Especially one of the three-mana ones yeah. where it's like, oh, if you... Like, uh, like, oh, I was going to say Skewer the Critics, but they actually still have that one. Although you frequently cast that for uh, one, but still... Like, I was saying, like, there's there's plenty of room in there for some better versions. Yeah. 100%. Most played cards, Ragavan, Nimble Pilfer, Lightning Bolt, Grief, and then fourth place again, Orcish Bowmasters, 31% of decks, and Thoughtseize. Top creatures, Ragavan, Grief, Orcish Bowmasters in third place, Fury, and DRC, and top spells, Lightning Bolt, Thoughtseize, Chalice of the Void, Spell Pierce, and Ley Line Binding. I was gonna say I don't. I didn't see if it was mentioned in the other two, but Chalice of the Void at fifty percent of decks at yep. the top thirty-two. Like I said, if you're but gonna after watch that weekend of Living End or oh, the yeah. day before of Living End, you're gonna like, watch oh, yeah. Living End crush a challenge. I mean, it's pretty easy to to get in front of Living End, especially Game One with a couple chalices. Alrighty, Matt. So a little longer episode this week, but we did get a little deep into Legacy with uh, all the stuff going on. This feels potentially like our longest episode. I don't know for sure. It's not like it's not like I keep track of them, but it feels really long. It definitely feels long. I mean, we're so record time. You guys can tell how much gets edited out. We're sitting about two and a half hours record time on this, and we rarely breach the two hour mark. So usually riding that line pretty close, though. That being said, was there anything else this week you wanted to talk about? Oh, I'm pretty sure we got it all. Okay. So final shout out to our patrons. Thank you all very much for joining. Patreon.com forward slash Cantrip Cartel. If you would like to reach out to us in a very real way, real, very real time, hit us up at cantripcartel at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, of uh, any of the other social medias. We are there. We don't use them very much, but we listen to them. So send us a message. Send us an email. Give us a high five over the internet. And Matt, unless I'm forgetting anything, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, I think you got it all. Have a nice night, guys. Um, I'll play my... F- Fourth land drop, and let's cast this one ring card. Um, in response, I will play Bowmaster. Okay, so one ring's a lot worse now. Draw a card? Ping you for one. Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Chicken match, chatting meta games, or slinging some spells, casting ale, sipping on blue soup, and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time, they're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies, where the brainstorms of Sophia, some so scary, so legendary. Queer and rangers cross the sylvan libraries, where the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers. 
Congress unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus, shepherd danced on dinosaurs, stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, thousands and serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel.